That's an ad intro. <laughs> Hello and welcome. Ah. Speechless. That's rough. Might just leave that in as the intro. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> G'day and welcome back to the Beyond the Fence podcast, the first week of our new weekly NBA show as we get ready for another NBA season. My name is Ben Qualiata and joining me today are Staff Rider. He's told me not to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, and I can get sued. I can get served a subpoena later. Tim Ray is back. How are you? I'm doing well. Wait, where am I staff riding? Uh, Beyond the Fence oh, Incorporated. No, oh, <laughs> no, you know, legitimately. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, yeah, you're well, back. You're back because you're the, the the most low maintenance guest to get for the first week. So, thank you. welcome. That's a, that's a compliment. I'm taking that. Taking that in my stride. Yes. Well, your rider is very minimal, but staff, nonetheless. Um, as an avid NBA follower, I imagine you must be just you know beside yourself, especially with the some of the moves your beloved Bucks have made. You must be beside yourself for the new season. I am. I, well, for me, basketball finished, what, two years ago? But um, I'm surprised they're still playing. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, I what? mean, well, I took the week off work to watch the first week of the season. But then from there, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how much. Uh, I don't want to boast, but I'm not sure how many games I actually ended up watching last. I probably watched more of the playoffs than the regular season. So I, at least I, there's that. I, I don't know what universe that's a boast. <laughs> Like, yes, I'm going to talk about the NBA, but I didn't actually watch it. I, mean, I know you watch it, but... <laughs> I'd, I'd like to keep abreast of the events around the league. More of, more of a gambler than a, yeah. than a, fa- a fan at this what, point. I'm just in it for the money, mate. Well, the speculation in the sports business. I'm a disciple of Ravel. Oh, I thought you were going to say sports business class. Oh, it's sports biz. That's stupidly expensive, but it would be pretty cool. I mean, would it? I think it, I think it would. Yeah, I just can't look. That, that's several multis I'd need to hit to be able to. <laughs> I also like Vegas in July is a bit. <laughs> it's uh, the surface, the surface of Venus. Um, let let okay, fun aside. Let's actually get back on track here. I know it's been like a minute and a half, and I'm already starting to get back on track. But I think we will start. Um, we're not going to do our team by team degustation that we've done in years past because quite frankly I don't want to sit here for three hours talking about bloody shame. you could go and find what Bill and Jalen's NBA preview yeah I don't want to sit here for three hours talking about like Jalen Johnson and the the, the, the minutiae of the Atlanta Hawks if, if... <laughs> so I think the best place to start considering you're here is Damian Lillard going to the Bucks and Giannis GM Giannis finally hitting his final form yeah, well, he's got his... It's his trade and his coach. So, like, we have been reluctant in years past to be like, oh, you know, all the blame is on Giannis, but if it doesn't work, this is him. Because it's like, you know, calling the shots. Because he, he went on, like, a... not Maybe not a tirade. He got the media to do the work for him, right? Where he's like... There were all of those sound, sound bites and sound clips where it's like, oh, you know, I'd love to stay in Milwaukee, but we've got to keep winning. Wink. <laughs> uh, so it's like you can't be now like oh I didn't I didn't you know don't blame me for this but yeah obviously they're they're all in this is f- final stage bucks I mean um, the after the 
playoff exit last year when he was talking about how the season wasn't a failure. You don't really have that excuse anymore. Yeah, that's sort of what I'm alluding to, right? Like, it's you can absolve with sort of circumstances somewhat. Again, that was such... Um, they won... They, like, won, in quotation marks, at least two of those games, and then you end up getting swept. Um, yeah, rough. But it's like, yeah, it's it's funny how quickly you can forget that, right? Like, a lot of... Imagine if that happened to some other superstars around the league, right? Granted, the Bucks had already reached the mountain, so you'll... It's obviously different if you've been there and done it before. But that was not pretty at all. And that seems like it's sort of feast or famine for them. Yeah, and I think I think part of it is just the chipping away at the... <clears throat> I guess the... For lack of a better word, the myth around Giannis's persona and how he's the quote-unquote, um, you know, like jovial superstar. So I think started to see some signs last year of not like the armor, the chinks in the armor, but like, oh, actually, like, guys, let's let's get our shit together here. Like, I know, like, ah, oh, yes, Milwaukee for life, like, Gold Bless America, all, all that sort of stuff, but, like, at some point, like, I'm willing to sacrifice my boys, like Drew Holiday, to... Yeah. You know, like, I, I'm still in charge here. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. And then there's always, obviously, there's probably, like I said, there's caveats with the the sweep. But in general, like in what they, we're talking about perennial championship favourites. Because you've got one of the top two. It's probably a class of two, right, players in the world. Um. I was trying to think so, of a smart-ass answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is. I mean, they those two have separated themselves from the rest, at least for the moment, right? Um, yeah, Which yeah. is funny, considering neither of them won MVP last year. However, it is those two. Um, uh, just just before before you expand, I feel like I should correct you that it was 4-1. It wasn't a sweep. It felt like a sweep. It was a gentleman's sweep. <laughs> I mean, Giannis only top-scored in the last game, so... As in, like, he didn't lead the Bucks. otherwise. It was two Lopez and two Middleton. So the audacity of the man to then turn around and go, hey, boys, come on. <laughs> well, I think, didn't he not, he didn't play like that. And he wasn't completely healthy. Um, but, it, like, there were those two comebacks that were, like, ridiculous. Like, as I said, the game is sealed. You just have to play competently for, you know, stretches of the fourth again playoffs weird stuff happens but also like comebacks like that shouldn't be able to happen particularly to the first seed against the eight which again the heat are probably a false eight but like am i wrong in remembering that they lost a, a play in one of the play-in games jeez oh, i gotta go back now um or at least like they i, I know they, they like, were, struggled yeah they were definitely um it's I've like seen... they were almost out like, yeah, 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 yeah. So they were like down late in the fourth to Chicago in their playing game. Um, I just googled Miami Bulls. That's where yeah, my mind is at the moment. Because you're sharing a screen, I read that and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm pretty sure they were um, like down by six or so in the fourth quarter against the Bulls in that. Playing. Here we go. Yeah, so they lost their first playing game. That's right. They lost to Atlanta. Yeah. And then, yeah, they came back to beat Chicago by 11 in the end. Um, 
Max Struess and Jimmy Butler, 31 points. See, it's, fu- it's funny, right? If Miami win that first game against the Hawks, the Bucks probably win the first round. Like, it's just, I feel like the, the only team they would have lost to in the first round, like, of the ones they could have played at the Heat. Yeah, it's not the greatest. Not the greatest endorsement. <laughs> no. Um, or what, for the play in? I mean, we talk about this every year. We've talked about this at least two to three times now. <laughs> no, for the. I was going to not the greatest endorsement of the Bucks credentials. Like, well, we would have beaten the other eight seed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> granted. Um, although it is like the the championship year was the year that they swept the Heat, right? Um, it all it's all melding into one for me, um, <laughs> because I feel like there have been at least what two, three um, Bucks Heat series. They seem to play every year. There was the bubble one, there's the championship one, obviously last year, which. Felt like a sweep, but evidently wasn't a sweep. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess uh, circling back to the main, um, I didn't even really talk about Dame. <laughs> it's funny, right? I was gonna, um, I was gonna get you back on track. So yeah. What we, uh, what, what you, which way did you want to take this? Uh, well, Drew Holiday was a great fit next to Giannis in that initial unbelievably you know that initial six months to when did Holiday come to the Bucks it was was it after the bubble or no uh, was that his first year because he was part of the Bledsoe trade um, yeah anyway joins the Bucks immediately gives them like because the theoretical fit with Bledsoe right was defense and off ball shooting and well, you get the Drew Holiday is just like Bledsoe maxed out. Yeah, thank you for making the point. I was literally walking towards. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was literally going to say like the theory of Bledsoe and Giannis is that you get yeah the the defense the you know the the secondary playmaking the the shooting off spot ups um, but the shooting never really translated and the fit was clunky at best. He didn't really work with Middleton either. And then you get Holiday in can function as that, you know, second or third guy, depending on matchups. He's, I think, one of the best perimeter defenders of his of his generation. Yeah, um, yeah evidently. Him and, what, Tony Allen stand out? Yeah, of like that, you know, yeah. that late 2000s, early 10s, like that sort of class. Yeah, I suppose they, they probably don't cross over as much as I was thinking. No, they... Uh, well, Holiday was oh, the... Oh, actually, no, no. Holiday was the first guy drafted born in the 90s. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Um, no, what I was actually, you know, the the ironic thing when you talk about Bledsoe and Drew Holiday is that Bledsoe had the higher. So, of the Bucks' postseason runs between Bledsoe and Holiday, Bledsoe had the highest true shooting of, like, one playoff run. So, it's like the thing that you get Drew Holiday in, in four, it's like, oh, you know, you're getting the steadier hand. And the thing that Bledsoe is probably the most criticized for actually turned out to be. The thing that he was better at, and again, it's probably nuance <laughs> of the fact that you're looking at a smaller sample size with Bledsoe. I can't yep. quite remember whether that was the uh, conference finals season or not. Um, so Holiday got traded to the Bucks in November 2020. So yep. post bubble, post bubble, um, and then they, yeah, they, obviously they win the title straight away. Yep. Um, I guess enough. my the overall thing here is that it's obviously huge to lose him. However. Some of the concerns may be over inflated in 
terms of the Bucks were already a great defensive team before they got him. And it's like the concern is with Damon, it's like, oh, you know, suddenly the Bucks might not be very good defensively. It's like, well, you're still anchored by Brook and Giannis, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, even like, you don't even really need to, like, the way the Bucks are built, you don't need to be a top, what, three, top five defense. I mean, you might be that anyway, but like, it's not, like, you can sacrifice a bit of point of attack when you've got, you know, two, two of the better rim protectors in the league next to each other. It's probably the thing as well. It's like, we're talking about, Drew Holiday has a reputation of being a great defender, but it's like you look at, I guess, this, the Heat series just passed, and it's like yeah, he's been pretty... one of his best showings at all. No, he's been like low-key bad the last couple of playoff series. The big thing out of that was like Giannis has got to take a bit of responsibility and demand to um, one-on-one Butler, right? Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, again, Drew in the aggregate and the, the complete package that you're getting. Fantastic. Again, franchise legend, obviously. <laughs> um, Will they retire his number? That's a tough one, right? Because he's only, what, three seasons? Yep. But a championship. Yep. And, and the Sportsmanship like, Award. Granted. But then he's going to... How many times has he won that? Uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna, he's the, he is... like Obviously, it's not the same award, but I was going to say he is the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Yeah, he's only won it once. Give him the what is it? You know the the. Oh, sorry. He's won. Sorry, he's won sportsmanship award once and teammate of the year three times. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Sorry, I was I was thinking about that. He's quite literally won one like either of those awards the last four years in a row. He's probably he's probably going to win it again. He's just just he's good. He's good around the. He's good to have in camp. He's just good around the fellas. (laughs) Um. He's the Marcus Harris of the the NBA. But I get that's tough, right? With the Jersey retirement, because the Bucks were in the '80s after Kareem left. They were they went on a run of honouring anybody that gave any sort of decent service to the <laughs> which is not a slight on some of those guys. But it's also it's like they have been complete counter since that, like 2000s and 2010s, because we've got all of these retired numbers. And it's like the absolute dogfight we had to have for Marcus Johnson to get his number retired. Where yeah. It's like, he is a better player than some of those guys that got their number retired in the 90s and the, the, the late 80s. Um, yes, yeah, so I've got the list in front of me. Oscar Robertson goes without saying. Yeah, okay. Um, well, given what I just said, don't don't bring up Oscar Robertson. No, I'm just, go, I'm just going in number order. No, I, I, know, I know. Oscar Robertson, Junior Bridgman, Sidney Moncrief, Marcus Johnson, Bob Dandridge, uh, John McLaughlin, Pistons legend, Bob Lanier. Brian Winters and Kareem. So, I mean, yeah. A few, a few of those guys you like. Well, a few of those guys, it's like Lanier probably, like Bucks Lanier, probably not. Um, Brian Winters, like, I guess that's that's a servant of the organization one. Um, Sounded like, I don't, obviously not around at the time, but Bridgman was, again, just sort of long tenure. Um, Dandridge? Oh, well, D- no, Dandridge was like on the title team. Dendrit, actually, oh, he was my, too. One of my favourite stats is do you know, the lead. Oh, I was going to say, do you know who was? But obviously, the answer is Dendrit. <laughs> the, the leading scorer in NBA Finals in the seventies decade, Bob Dandridge. Is it Bob Dandridge? Ah, got it. <laughs> yes. Well, what is Bob Dandridge? Yeah. Um. um but, but okay. I'm, I'm sorry, I brought so up the it's, 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 it's tough because I, I I'm not sure. Obviously, Middleton and Giannis are going to finish so far ahead of that. Oh yeah, 
but then it's I guess what does the calculus become into if Brooks stays three four more years maybe they win another one obviously he moves ahead of Drew obviously he he already had the tenure on him um it wasn't that much longer was it what two three years yeah because the way I look at it with Drew right is um Rashid Wallace only was on the Pistons for like what three four years yeah I probably completely butchered that now. <laughs> just, <laughs> I have four, four, five years, so yep. a couple of years longer than Drew, but yeah, won the title straight away. His number's not retired by Detroit, and it's kind of like there's been debates because of the those. Not to hijack this with Pistons chat. No, no, that's fine. But, I'm, I'm interested. How many retired numbers do the Pistons have? Um. Oh. I'd feel I'd feel quite a few, right? Because they've had two distinct eras of yeah, yeah. So of the bad boys, there's been um, Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumas, Bo- uh, Rodman, and Bill Lambeer. They've all had theirs retired. Yeah. And then the point I was making is the O four Pistons. They've got Billups, Hamilton, and Ben Wallace are all retired. Then there's some other guys like uh, Dave Bing, Bob Lanier. Um, I think that's oh, uh, oh Vinnie Johnson sorry I forgot him yes the other the, the retired the sixth man from the championship team <laughs> I mean he was there for 10 years so it's fair enough but like so I get what's the debate about the next one is it well that's what I'm saying like because Rash- Rashid and like, Rashid and Tayshawn are both not retired right and Tayshawn yeah. was a draft pick of the organisation he was there for 10 years yeah and- that's a tenure one right like it's a ten-year one, but also like the the greatest, uh, maybe the second greatest block or in playoff history. Mm. I, I am being somewhat facetious because I'm obviously talking about like LeBron on Iguodala as number yeah, one. No. I'm sure you'll throw up a Giannis one. Giannis on Aiton. Was that the other youth one? That was the game before. Which again, it's just again, it's, it's to hijack it back to the Bucks. <laughs> he had like two great all-time NBA Finals plays in back-to-back games. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm being slightly yeah facetious, but the point is, yeah, both Prince and Wallace. That there's kind of the like there was a huge movement just to get Ben Wallace retired. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember that. And then, and then more so to get him into the Hall of Fame. And now both those things have happened. So did the, the Pistons just go straight to retired numbers? They don't have like a ring of honor. Not that I know of. Yeah, because I've noticed like some some organizations go that way, and then it's a way of keeping the retired numbers for the absolute greats. Yeah, yeah. and I, I honestly probably prefer that because like you get situations like the Celtics, like they've got six numbers available. So. Yeah. Well, I feel the Ring of Honor is a way to you can recognise the guys that were integral to the title teams without maybe necessarily being worthy of the yeah numbers. So and I feel like that's at, yeah. yeah yeah. But then you can even honour like the less like the bench guys on um, title teams if they played for the organisation for like four or five years. Like I'm imagining like a Bobby Portis would be that sort of thing for the Bucks. <laughs> yeah, but like I feel like that's more common in the NFL, right? Like the the like. Most NFL teams wouldn't have that many retired numbers. Yeah. Like the Lions have like four or five. And they, and they've, there's like 50 people on the roster at any one time. Not that they're, not that they've had, not that they're the bastion of success that they have a lot to pick from, yeah. but... Well, <laughs> force NFL teams into three. Well, would they, do they even honour the retired numbers anyway? Or do they just say like, this number's retired, however, we keep, we keep it in service in the NFL? Uh, no one's worn 20 since okay. Barry Sanders and no one's worn 81. 
Um, all right, that that was a real tangent. That's fine. Well, we still haven't really. <laughs> we haven't even spoken about the. the still f- haven't spoken about. So, the- Drew Holiday did what he did, but yes, the fit between Giannis and Lillard because that is going to be. Yeah, well, I, get, I was working my way towards that. I guess in the yeah. initial answer, where it's like, <laughs> the concern is that oh, you know, the, the easy. I guess criticism of it is that the Bucks may not necessarily be as good defensively, but it's like, have you watched them in the playoffs? It's like, they don't need that. They need the other end. They struggle to score at times, and then it's you bring in the big dog to play with the other big dog. Um, it's intriguing to see how this is going to work, and it's... Obviously, the regular season, again, doesn't matter for this team. They're going to be there regardless. So it's just, it's 82 or maybe more accurately like 60 games of get to know one another. And then it's obviously the pick and roll. Everybody's talked about it. It's like theoretically is unstoppable. Um, yeah. And I guess the thing with Dame is that you're going to get, he, you're in the game regardless. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's probably a thing that you can say about Giannis as well, but it's like purely offensively. It's like Dame will just carry you. Yeah, see, the thing with Giannis, like, with a lot of the superstars of the modern game, like you think about, they've had moments where they just get hot, yeah. and getting hot for Giannis isn't exactly making up a huge deficit in a short amount of time. If you make, if you know what I mean. Whereas, like, no. Lillard, it's more of a two two way type of yeah, it's just yeah. exerting influence. Whereas Lillard gets hot, and Lillard can drag back a fifteen point deficit in you know a minute and a half. Yeah, and that's where they have evidently you know they've struggled to score in the playoffs. Um, which again, it is. It's funny to say about a team that put it together one season, um, but I guess it's also a thing of like Middleton in the in the championship year was doing what you would expect Dame to do, like every game. <laughs> like the run that Middleton had, just like otherworldly. I, I have. Have you got? I, I imagine you would just never get over the floor for Cade Cunningham being Chris Middleton. <laughs> Well, it's especially the fact that that was coming off the back of, like... The title. Chris Middleton had an... Ins- I feel like we really don't recognise the fact that, like, how much he played above it, they were just ceiling. Two, just two Pistons draft picks getting, you know, compared. <laughs> but it's it's also, like, a matter of... They're not even... The, they're not even close to the same player. No, not they? at all. <laughs> <laughs> not even, like, what? <laughs> I feel like everything that one of them is good at, the other is, like, good at... Like, they're good at the other one's deficient. If you put them together... Oh, wow. Michael Jordan. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Actually, no, I, I should have said Kobe, because Middleton's got a bit of that. He's got a bit of the Kobe head and the Kobe sweat. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Middleton, and I guess the rest of the Bucks' depth. So that besides Lillard, they've added a, a bunch of, you know, quote-unquote championship-level role players, right? Yeah. Um, but a lot of guys that it's like, they take swings. If it doesn't work, who like, who cares? So guys like Cameron exactly. Payne, yeah. Malik Beasley, Jay Crowder comes back. They, they keep the the Giannis content signing of Tanasis, like, sure. Robin yeah. Lopez is back. Robin Lopez was there before, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. Um, he, I don't know how much you're going to get out of him, but I guess he's theoretically, what, six fouls on Embiid? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the flip side of that, though, is you lose, obviously, Holiday, but then other guys like, you know, Grayson Allen, um, yeah. uh, Javon Carter. So, 
like obviously none of those guys won titles with the Bucks. Like Allen wasn't on the title team, was he? No. No. So, like none of those guys are real needle movers, and I think they've done a decent enough job of replacing the depth. But like, like there, there's a lot of swings here. Like there's a lot of uncertainty. It's also you're the when you're this sort of team, you get the benefit of like. I guess we're looking trade deadline and onwards. It's like you get the the pick of the players, like buyout. You mean buyout markets and even like so far as if the players looking at getting traded that are that sort of level, not forcing their way to the bucks, but like preferentially moving that way, or like I guess they get traded somewhere else and then bought out. So again, yeah, buyout. Yeah, yeah. Um, so but what you're saying is like when talking... is uh when is Bogdan Bogdanovich finally going to get on the Bucks? That would be amazing, <laughs> but no. Um, which I get. We spoke about the swings and roundabouts that the Heat complaining about the tampering about Bogdan allows a the Bucks to probably win the title and then b them to get Dame like two years later. <laughs> <laughs> so it really hasn't worked out well. Like obviously they have had the better of us now in the playoffs, but has not worked out well for the heat culture. Um, But it's obviously, it's the same story, right? Except maybe a little pressure is alleviated defensively on the, the peripheral shooters in terms of, because you've got Dame to make, to to make a glutton of the shots. And then also Middleton theoretically is open more, right? So he can just purely revert to spot up shooting. Maybe not so much about the creation. Um, I guess when you're talking with the starters, but then you leave guys like Connaughton and it's, can Malik Beasley make open shots? Like that's, that's what he's going to have. And then you just see from there. Um, and like you said, you just take waivers on these guys. Um, and it's, you would hope if you can get any sort of efficiency out of them, then you're really in a good spot, right? Because a majority of the offense is going to be taken up by three really good offensive players. Um, and then, oh, hey, you know, Brook Lopez might be open either underneath the basket or, or a three. Um, and really, other teams are going to want that fifth player to be taken shots. So that's probably that's going to be the blueprint to try and beat the Bucks. right? It's going to get the ball out of all of the three hands and then make Brook beat you or something or make, make the fifth guy beat you. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and it's just good to see the Bucks finally getting another M. Beasley on the roster. Unbelievable. Miss Miss Bees. Hope he's doing well. <laughs> <laughs> hope, he's, hope he's located his own knee. <laughs> nice. Um, let's pivot away from the Bucks. Let's go back to Drew Holiday because I feel like Drew Holiday's role now in the NBA is to come in as the cleanup guy for a, like a lesser version of himself. He obviously did it with the Bucks. Yeah. Replacing- oh, I, I said this to you. It's finally the Celtics fans understand that Drew Holiday is better than Marcus Smart. Um, Drew Holiday and Paul Zingas both going over to Boston in, in various trades. I haven't got the details in front of me, but let's just soliloquy about the, the Celtics for, for a moment because I feel like they have really firmed as a lot of people's Eastern Conference favorites considering, you know, I guess, A, they just went to the conference finals albeit yep. you know almost unmitigated like they almost pulled off the, the comeback of dreams after nearly facing an unmitigated disaster mm-hmm. probably the most complete roster from a um, 
I guess, key contributor perspective, but they have lost a lot of depth. Guys like Robert Williams and Malcolm Brogdon being sacrificed to get Drew Holiday from the Blazers after that trade. And then obviously sending Marcus Smart to Memphis in the three-teamer that gets Paul Zingas. So like, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm just kind of thinking, you know what, there's actually a lot of uncertainty around the Celtics as well, maybe even more so than the Bucks, because to me last year, the Celtics problem wasn't that... So in the playoffs, I've always said that it's about your top six. Like your top six guys, maybe seven. Yeah. And then you're just kind of flirting around the margins after that like you might bring an eighth guy in for like a minute or two see what he's got and you just kind of you know plug and play the Celtics top six last year was as good as anyone's in the league you know Tatum Brown Derek White Derek White was great Horford Williams Smart yeah. that's your six I don't think I'm missing anyone uh, Brogdon I guess but he was pretty like he looks a bit past it Would at this Derek, point Derek White was better oh no, uh, 100% yeah um it's not even. I really like Brian. Really, really like Brogdon. <laughs> you like Brogdon because of what he did to Philadelphia fans. I mean, and also when he dunked on LeBron, that was cool. <laughs> uh, um, and, and what the the shade to Jason Kidd that was also cool. Anyway, but my point is, so like, yeah, if I can labor the point here, Boston's top six, one of the best in the league, if not the best, but. Yep those guys were forced into those big minutes and it really showed late in the playoffs when, you know, Time Law was dealing with stuff and, you know, Tatum and Brown would take turns to just have these off nights and they could just never seem to get anyone clicking. They've almost revamped and I look at their depth up and down the roster now and, like, losing Smart is a big loss. Not because I don't... Not because I think he's like... I'm not a huge Marcus Smart guy, let's be honest. But culturally and all that you know yeah. stuff about I was pretty I was very surprised right like that they were willing to do that it's it's both a good and bad thing for their like good and, it's good that they you know were willing to do that but it's also it's like a huge chunk of your like I said cultural yeah I mean at some point like you got that, a that's cord. basically an error if that Celtics is over with him yeah so they replace Smart with you know a bunch of different guys they bring in well Holiday's obviously the main one and then they bring in some other depth pieces that can, you know, play that quote-unquote defensive guard role. Guys like Delano Banton, O'Shea Brissett, Lamar Stevens. Um, no, no guys that really jump off the page and make you, you know, sit back and wow, but... No. In terms oh, we, of... We, we like Banton. He's solid. You, you, you just found out <laughs> on the Celtics. No, um, but that doesn't mean that on the Raptors are learning solid. No, I agree. He was... For a second round pick, very good. But um, yeah. a really unique player, 6'9", guard, but, well, 6'8", guard, big guard, however tall he is, I didn't look it up. Um, point being, I think they've got a lot more playable guys this year that they can maybe account for some of the deficiencies that they'll have night to night with guys having off nights because as it got to the point, like regular season didn't matter, but as it got yeah. to the playoffs last year, they were really starting to, I guess need their best every night. Like, the margin for error shrunk. Yeah. And obviously, like, I guess... I know you said it doesn't necessarily fall on, like, Tatum and... Or, like, you're sort of alluding to, it doesn't necessarily fall on Tatum and Brown, but it's like those two guys, like I said, perform on the same night, and it's, like, done. That's... They... It's interesting you brought up the depth thing, right? Because I guess as well, they are... That top six is probably more talented... Last year? 
Oh, now, now, now it is. Oh, right, yes. Yeah. Um, and it's like, like you said, that regular season is really not going to matter. And then it's, the question is, can you get, well, actually, will Drew even need to have as big of a role as he did on the Bucks? Probably not. Um, well, he I'm becomes the fourth guy, right? Yeah. Now. So it's like, I guess if you, instead of him taking a bad shot, he doesn't take it, then I guess that's a versus what he was on the Bucks. Again, I guess we're speaking in relative terms here. I don't think Drew Holiday is a bad player. I think he's really good. Um, unfortunately, he's... That, there's he's, the title. <laughs> unfortunately, he has... Uh, we talk about this a lot. He has become the guy so underrated that he's overrated. <laughs> there's an element of that. Yeah. But then it's like, it, it swings back and forth. Um, but I guess I'm intrigued for what Porzingis is because the, the focus is... Wait, is he... He's number three now. And yes. Uh, I guess, what's he going to be defensively? And then, I mean, if he can shoot like he can shoot, it's really good. <laughs> He's had an odd career. Just an odd career trajectory. This like, is sort of, this is the first time he's really going, we're really going to see him, right? Like, he hasn't played a lot of meaningful basketball. No, he was on some pretty... He's uh, been on horrendous teams, basically. Some, some miserable Knicks teams, like the Dallas experiment was... Has he Has he even played a playoff game? Whatever. Legitimately. <sighs> oh, he was, oh, no, he was, on the, he was on the maps. He was on the maps. But, like, yeah, very few. I was, was going to say, like, he's... Very few. Like, those but maps, like, well, those maps the, teams weren't really going anywhere. If you're on the Celtics, you're going to be playing 12-plus playoff games. Oh, you uh, hope. So I guess there's, a, there's an element with Porzingis of the unknown, even though he's played... What seven eight seasons? Um, this is his ninth year. There you go. It was a good guess. But then, uh, yeah, you're looking in that sort of, I want to say, relaxed role, but lesser role than what he's been. You know, he's been the focal point basically everywhere he's been, or like, you know, number two um, in, in Dallas. But um. That's interesting to me, right? Because if he's Game 7 Kelly O'Linick, then the Celtics are in business. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, obviously, I am... The the overall impact of Dame to Milwaukee and then Drew to the Celtics is sort of an odd one, right? Because it's like the Bucks got better, but so did the Celtics. So it's like the two top teams have pretty clearly pulled away from the pack um, and then it's almost an element of they're, they're probably like the Bucks absolutely have to do the deal but it's almost an element of it's like in a weird way they sort of made the Celtics better too it's like you almost the Bucks got better by getting Dame obviously but the Both task hard. got harder like what you have to overcome in, a, in an odd way it's like you had to give draw up anyway but it's like the now the mountaintop is a little bit higher. Yep. Because the Celtics have like shrewd stuff, um, and and probably evidently not possible if they don't make that smart trade initially, right? Um, well, smart was part of the Porzingis trade. Yeah, that's what I mean. But like they had to. That was the groundwork. So doing that also paid off because they're in the position. Yeah. In order to again, <laughs> the Heat missing out, but. Uh, <laughs> um, the Heat are gonna. There's gonna be some sort of revenge, and they're gonna win the title. I swear. 
Uh, they always seem to get back. Um, but yeah, as a, I guess it's an ob it's an obtuse point, but both teams, I guess the yeah the easy takeaway is that both teams got considerably better, and I think it's a two. Yeah, and I mean, well, while we're on here, because I do want to move on, I want to kind of go through these big off-season yeah. moves, like as they've come up, and we'll get to smart in a second. But I feel like we might as well insert them here because I don't know when else we're going to talk about them. But kind of the third team in that Eastern Conference, like, hey, look at us, the Sixers, and yeah, like there's a lot going on there at the moment, right? With with like we don't know what's happening. With James Harden, like oh, that's Joel... completely un completely unlike the Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> the only consistency with them is inconsistency. Well, it's unlike James Harden. <laughs> yes, but like they bring in guys like Mo Bamba and Pat Bev, and like Danny Green wasn't there last year, unless I've just had a massive stroke. Kelly Oubre's being brought in, who I actually think is probably a really good fit for them, but. Like, at one at what point does does Harden like? It's been reported that he's willing to to report. Is that true? Not, not is that true? You wouldn't have a clue. Is yes. that? Sorry, I don't have a source on that. <laughs> is that? Have, have I have I misread something? Because like everything I've seen, it's like it it looks untenable. But like this but the is fact just that it's even a question. Like, it's classic Harden. Three days out from the season is yeah. I guess new coach Nick Nurse. We'll see. Um, but I mean, they're really not that far away from like. And I'm surprised. I guess maybe that the maybe the media narrative hasn't got there yet, where it's like trying to force a beat out of Philadelphia because you got the reigning MVP, and then it's like a complete sort of basket case around it. <laughs> and it's like, well, he's producing. Um, and it's, I guess it's not, they, they've made the moves over the last, you know, maybe not necessarily this year, but like they're, you know, they're, it's not like it's been a static team. No. And it's like, oh, well, he's got to get out of there because it's clear that the Sixers don't like, want to do anything. Just amazing negotiation to get the PJ Tucker deal over the line. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, you're right. You look at the roster and it's just, if Harden's... The problem is if it's if we're talking Harden three years ago, it's completely different. Even Harden, what we thought they were getting at the beginning of like when he got traded to the Sixers. Um, I suppose the what does what is Harden's aim here? <laughs> like what? Yeah, it's well, he wants to go to the Clippers, right? That's the yeah. Just tick tick them all off, but. What, but didn't they? Uh, who, who rejected? Because there was an offer of Terrence Mann and, and a draft pick, right? And I think the Sixers rejected it. I want to say. I just, I really don't understand that. If a guy's not willing to report, it's like just take it and be done with it. Because it's you're not going to. What are you going to get more than? Because it's like Harden has tanked the value. Um, well, I just googled James Harden, and Terrence Mann, and the first result is James Harden is ruining his career. Just, you, <laughs> oh, I mean, it's not the. 
Oh, no, sorry. Clippers reluct... Well, I, I guess it's he said she said. Clippers oh, okay. reluctant to trade Terrence Mann to Sixers for James Harden. Like, what? Well, fair enough, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Like, if I was... Like, like, in a vacuum, that value would be, like, take it and run, right? If the Sixers are just asking for Terrence Mann as the main guy in even a James with, Harden even trade. With a, even with a pick? That's what... When you said that, I'm like, well, what are they... They tend to take it. Yeah. Um, so I think probably the Sixers offer then. Anyway, the point I'm making is in a vacuum, great value, but then you consider like just all the, the external or the macro of the James Harden experience. <clears throat> yeah. And not to get to the Clippers side of it, but from a Sixers point of view, obviously they just want a, a resolution either way. And I don't think they're too fast if they just get this guy out of there and just rebuild rebuild like you know what like retool around Joel Embiid and you know I think there's one more year of Tobias Harris's contract which sneakily one of the worst in the league and you I guess talk- you're, the unfortunate thing of the, like the unfortunate reality there is that you've got James Harden an MVP winner and it's like you would expect if you want if you had to trade him that you're going to get value that you would be able to retool around Embiid but it's like we're talking about they're going to get absolute cents on the dollar for Harden, which you know, given the they get uh, <laughs> they're getting Zimbabwean dollars back. <laughs> um, but that's what I was saying. It's like, what is the sort of other than the even with the Clippers? It's like, what is the end game for Harden? It's like I feel like the Sixers have called up the Clippers and they're like, oh, Harden's called up the Clippers and been like, do you want me? And they're like, well, yeah, right, sure. sure. Well, it's like the Clippers are like the sort of the 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 Western version of the Sixers. Yeah, it's like the team that is the perennially there, but they haven't quite put. Again, there are different reasons on each side, but you've got you know big superstars, um, and they just haven't been able to put it together. Yeah, well, I'm thoroughly depressed now. So that's enough talk about the Sixers. Um, <laughs> Yeah, to surmise, we don't know. And no. Sort of don't care? Don't don't really care. <laughs> you watch Harden end up on the Pistons, you're like, damn. <laughs> what I also don't really care about is Ja Morant missing 25 games. Oh, for... in, t- in terms of what? Well, yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, that was genuine. I meant, like, which way? Like... I just don't know anymore with the Grizzlies. Like, oh, okay. Interesting. I just I just want to believe in them, but like the Jar self-sabotage, like they're just going to be a thoroughly uninteresting team to watch, I think. Well, they, for, they, they came out as the, what, the top in the West, did the Kevin Pelton thing? Did um, they? Obviously, that was before uh, Stephen Adams, but um, yeah, yeah, so they, that... they were projected the highest. Jesus, really? Yeah, even with the... Well, I... I think we're going to get all-star snub Dane from Jar. Maybe that's like the most wishful, because you're right, there is a bit of self-sabotage to it, but surely if you miss, you know, you're starting to miss games and it's jeopardising money, this is the sort of thing where it's like, um, you know, he can get back on track here. Um, but it's like just the, it's the ideal scenario for Marcus Smart to walk into and just be like, it's Marcus Smart time. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they got, obviously they got Derek Rose as well. 
Um, so they've gone full full coverage. Have you seen? You've seen the Guns N' Roses memes, right? Yeah. Um, so obviously Desmond Bain becomes the guy, but which is I mean I Desmond Bain's really good, but I feel like I keep them like when he gets to like this level, it's like okay, that's that's him, and then he gets better. <laughs> um, but m- maybe at his sort of ceiling, like. I guess long term, what do you want Desmond Bain to be? You want him to be what the third option on the title team, the title version of the Grizzlies? I feel like, he, well, there's, there's still a lot of projections. He's only in year four. Yeah. There, there, there's Although prob- he is he is older, isn't he? Uh, I think he's he's like twenty five, twenty six. No, he's not that old. Because he was a he was like a four year college guy. Oh, he's twenty five. There you go. Yeah. That was uh, probably one. That was one of the reasons that he went later. Uh, yeah, Which, no. like, I don't know how much. Like that was he was going to be pretty good straight away, right? One of the Obviously, the scope of improvement probably like just the whole fetish of youth. Yes. Um, yeah, granted, that is probably his attainted perspective, but um, and he's like example one A that you could break that. Um, yeah, the, the what I was going to say is I feel like there is scope for Desmond Bain to be at option two. No, you're right. Um, I think he keeps adding things to his game, mm. and like you, the his role coming out of TCU was that he was going to be just a, the the shooter, yep. and play some play some hard defense, but be somewhat athletically limited. You know, the older body. How much can he really stand to improve? Like you're obviously drafting a finished product with a high floor, and then he comes out and he adds some off the dribble stuff. He adds some playmaking. I think he averaged like three or four assists last year. And, and with Jar missing the time that he did last year, he really stepped up into that primary playmaking role where really there wasn't a lot else. Like it was him and Tyus Jones kind of sharing those duties and then just kind of a hodgepodge of of wings and bigs around them. And they made it work for the time that Jar was out. And even when Jar was playing, like he had his peaks and troughs. And obviously Jar, Jar is Jar and did some incredible stuff. But... It, it wouldn't, you know, surprise me if Desmond Bain ends up being, over the course of the season, their most important player. No, that's a no, that's a that's a well-made case. Um, Bound to have one of them. <laughs> no, it's, um, I think as well, probably half of that other, like the other side of that, is that the the idea of what Jaron Jackson is is probably beyond. Like there's still that, for me at least, there's that glimmer where he's a two-way superstar, and he's still really good. He just makes a lot of like rookie mistakes still. Yeah, and it's it's obviously offensively um, far more. I was thinking the fouls. Fair. Just one of the yeah, the foul trouble, and then I guess some of the decisions he makes on offense. Shot selection, probably the two. That's the thing for me. I, I, there's, some of the threes I've seen, like I've seen him like actually make. It's like how the why, why are you taking that shot? That's <laughs> <laughs> just complete, obviously that's right. I'm only picking like a few examples, but I think it's like I don't think I see anybody bank threes more than him. Um, and it's probably only different. You watch it like you look up like the play by play is like two threes. I just happen to see those. Um, it's it's not the greatest like the most aesthetically pleasing form either. No, that's probably an element of it too. Yeah. Um, no, you probably yeah. I think 
Also, the Desmond Bain with, obviously, Brooks. No Brooks. Yes, completely is forgot about Brooks. The, I guess, the theoretical usage percentage is going to raise. Uh, Has it ever happened before where, like, just a team's gone to a guy, like, under no circumstances are we re-signing you so far out from free agency? Yeah, considering uh, he lit up the World Cup, too. <laughs> it's great. That, he's sort of run from, like, what, April to... When was World Cup? September. <laughs> was the absolute peaks or, and August, valleys. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, 37 against the USA. He was... That whole tournament, he's great. And yeah, the, like, slightly different rules, whatever, but it's like you're playing... Like, the games that he played well, he played against the NBA opposition. Um, I know it was hyperbole, but, like, you know, after he made the comments against the Lakers and whatever, we're talking about, like, packet people are talking about packing bags for China you know <laughs> where it's like no it's not that bad it's like you know he's still like an average or above average starter on a very good team <laughs> like you know because settle down guys um it's like Westbrook theory does not apply here um, or not not yet um because yeah, Bane's that, gonna that have was to on. that was on yeah so Bane's gonna effectively have to replicate for at least the first quarter of the year or uh, well, help contribute to closing the gap of Jar's playmaking. And then, you know, as much as people like to clown on Dylan Brooks and, you know, somewhat deserved for a lot of it, but yeah. the defensively, I, we have a tendency, I think, as a society, as an NBA, <laughs> as, a, as a society, you know, we live in a society. You now, as a, as a basketball observing public, I feel like in the last few years, we have a tendency to overrate wing defenders just because the way the game is trended offensively, it just becomes so hard to, A, quantify what good defense is. And it's just, it, it'll never happen because defense is just so subjective and it all depends on plans. And Well, it's also like the counting stats may not necessarily matter so much. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, and, yeah. and people will say, it's the thing with like, so Andre Drummond was always statistically a great defender. That's just because he got a lot of rebounds. Yeah. Whereas you'd watch, you'd watch the, the game. greatest defensive, or greatest rebounder ever. I mean, he's up there. No, he is. But, like, didn't he call himself the greatest rebounder ever? Probably. I'll, I'll, okay, I'll get a source on that. But, um, yeah, I'll keep going with my Brooks soliloquy. So, like, you, you've got... Like, we like to... When we see, I guess, passable defense, it just pops. Mm. Because it is... And not to sound like it, the game was better in my day, because, like, it's not. But it's just become such a rare skill and the way the game is called it contributes to it obviously some of the rules and the interpretations you know freedom of movement all that sort of stuff yeah that for a player to be effective on that end of the floor it takes a lot and like brooks has his moments where you go hang on like yeah this guy's a bit of a meme and offensively he takes some of the worst shots you'll see like calls his own number maybe far more than is humanly reasonable it's dylan brooks time it, it is Dylan Brooks' time. Maybe it's for the best that him and Marcus Smart aren't playing together because there's there's a lot of... <laughs> it's, it's too, there's not enough time. There's, no, there's not enough time in the day for those two <laughs> to be teammates on offense. But I think they will miss his defense. And I think an underrated part of the Brooks experience is the fact that he is clownable because he draws a lot of that pressure and a lot of that... Mm. A lot of the eyes and a lot of the scrutiny away from guys like Jar and... Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. and you know to the point where like that Lakers series 
no one was talking about the other guys. Like Jaron had a a so so serious jar was like he had his moments. Everyone's talking about Dylan Brooks. And like he he knows that he's the villain. And that that can be a very powerful tool to use to your advantage, especially when you are on such a young team thrust into the limelight. So I think he will be missed. Well, especially a team that doesn't... Re- they're a super young team that doesn't have a... They don't re- have they... The vet, they don't really have vets. Well, are you including, like, like on court? Because, like, obviously the news today, Stephen Adams. Yeah. But, like, I guess Which, which sucks. Stephen Adams is... Yeah, evidently. I think that's going to be... That's a really big loss, obviously, when they don't have Jar. And then we're talking about a huge chunk of the scoring. is Because I guess I'm looking at the depth chart now. I'm like, where is the scoring coming from? And you're right, it's got to be Bain and, and your boy Luke Kennard. Yeah, and, and also, someone we have mentioned, Brandon Clark going to be out for a huge chunk of the year too, mm. if not the whole year, with that Achilles. So I guess they start, what, they start Tillman with Jackson? Uh, yeah, Tillman will start at centre, I would imagine. It'll be, yeah. I think there's talk that Zaire Williams is going to start, which you're usually happens. a lot of him, well. Usually happens once a year <laughs> for a few well, games. Maybe, what, contrast that maybe? No. Well, Williams has started before. And I feel like if you're going to start Smart and Bain, you probably just want a guy at yeah. the three who's just going to stand in the corner and stand out of the way. No, but I guess, well, the thing I was sort of saying, it's like even what well, you're saying like last year, like they don't, well, they ha- in general, they haven't had, like I guess what you would like the, the bench vet, like a Jared Dudley type vet. I guess that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, you know, like, oh, no, like, no, 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 yeah. The guy that yeah, isn't, yeah. Like, they're, they're literally just like, um, dra- on, on 2K, draft your expansion team or like, you know, pick all the young guys that they're going to you know, grow and you'll be able to win a title in like year four. They have a guy born in 2004. What the fuck? <laughs> in December 2004 as well. Oh, wow. He's still Best 18. Kids. Maybe we'll be surprised, like, you know. I, I mean, look, I don't know what their win line is, but I'm not expecting them to bottom out. No. Like, that's that's actually the point I was going to ask you as we kind of wrap up the... I know I started this talking about Smart, but it's really more than just Smart. Like, Smart's just going to fit in and do his role, but I was going to ask you what you think their record will be after those 25 games before Morant comes back. Oh, uh, yeah. Interesting. Because I just, like I said, I... The question for me is like, where's the, where's the scoring coming from? It's like, how? Where's the 110 points? Like, I get the offensive ratings are about 110, aren't they? Um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Where, where's your 110 yeah. coming from? I guess so, Smart Smart's probably gonna have to score a little bit. We well, probably will. It's Marcus Smart time. Oh yeah, I wasn't joking. But then you're you're asking? No, well, like maybe. I feel like well, Derek Rose is gonna be that guy, right? Yeah. If he gets the yeah the opportunity to, to do that, right? I, just, I, guess I, don't, he, I don't know how much he, Rose has left, because obviously he didn't play much last year, right, in New right. York. So maybe he was just fine and they just didn't want to use him, but he's kind of been out of sight, out of mind for a year now. Yeah. But I, I think if the Grizzlies can stay, you know, 500... Yeah, I think, as I said, I, I think Jar is going to be really good when he comes back. I think they can position themselves to rock it up when he comes back. If they can say go, you know, 13 and 12 or 14 and 11 or something like that in those yeah. 25 games. I think that's well within the realms of possibility. Because, yeah, it's the... I do worry about their big man depth, though. 
Like maybe they there's expanded role like uh, Santi Aldama is another one as well. So they maybe they maybe they need to make a move right because you don't have Adams or Clark. Well, <laughs> there's been a, a few people in uh, Pistons Twitter adding the Grizzlies, being like, "Do you want Bagley? Do you want James uh. Wiseman?" <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it's interesting. With the let's keep swinging on to these other big moves. Let, uh, Bradley Beal going to the Suns, which is one that's kind of just not gone under the radar because it's Bradley Beal, but I feel like Lillard's, Lillard has dominated a lot of the the late off-season headlines and how the Bucks are going to go. That I guess what Phoenix have been doing just quietly over there, it's kind of gone a little bit... Maybe this is just me, but I feel like, no, I, haven't, I, feel like I haven't seen as much... Um, like spotlight on what the Suns are doing at the moment. Like obviously getting Bradley Beal for not huge, you know, investment. That's what I said. I forgot that they got Beal. <laughs> oh, well, not the forgot, but like just didn't, like I knew they had Beal, but it was like, oh, this, that happened this off season. Um, so I'll just read out the uh, terms of the trade. So the Wizards, Suns and Indiana Pacers... So the sorry, okay. The Suns get Beal, Jordan Goodwin, who's the point guard from the Wizards, and Isaiah Todd. Uh, you gonna read all those picks? The Wizards get Chris Paul, Landry Shamet, the uh, seventh pick, which is Bilal Kulabali, and then a bunch of future picks that I don't care about. And the Pacers get Jarris Walker, who is the eighth pick, and some other future picks. Um, yeah, so effectively, the Suns gave up Chris Paul and just a bunch of stuff that they don't really need right now to to get Beal in. I don't know if they kept uh, Jordan Goodwin or Todd, but I think they're both really useful depth guards as well, but I'm not sure if they're still sticking they're around. Still, still got Goodwin. Well, Goodwin's the one. Like Isaiah Todd, he's dime a dozen, just a shooting guard, but I really liked the the flashes I saw. I don't want to turn this into the Jordan Goodwin appreciation now, because honestly, no one, no one cares about that, let's be <laughs> honest. Um, anyway, yeah, let's... Um, but then other moves as well but we'll start with Bradley Beal and he joins a lineup where I guess what's their starting lineup because I'm I'm think I'm looking at it now I was thinking about this earlier it's it's an odd you're gonna they're they just gonna best players on the court yeah it's like they don't have then, then work it out so there's no like point guard that's jumping out right because I don't think you'd want to start Eric Gordon. Who, again, great pickup for what they want to do. So I feel like you just have Booker and Beal as just a kind of... Just let them... Just let them do their thing. And then I feel like... I Beal, haven't watched... has, Beal has shown his ability as a passer. He has. And... Okay, here's the question. Does Beal... Beal becomes the third option, right? Yeah, I think... It, yeah, yes. Which, which just sounds dumb. It does. But I guess, and, yeah, well, if he becomes more of the point guy by necessity, then yes, of course, yeah, he becomes a third. So Beal, and let's say, let's hypothesize Beal is like the de facto point guard, Booker at the two. Kevin Booker Durant... just keeps his role. Yeah, Kevin Durant would be the four, I presume, and then they also get uh, Yusuf Nurkic in a big trade. Like that, they were the third team in that Lillard trade. Mm. So they get... Uh, Nasir Little, Yusuf Nurkic, Keon Johnson, and Grayson Allen. 
Nurkic, you would imagine, starts the five next to Durant. And then I feel like they're three. They could go a few ways. They could go Josh Okogie, come, who comes back. They can go Nasir Little, which probably what I would do. Um, maybe they just get a pure shooter out there and they start Yuta Watanabe. Probably not. Maybe they go crazy and start Bowl Bowl. Who knows? Like, there's a been a, again, with these big contenders, like with the Celtics and like with the Bucks, turnover. A lot of turnover. Mm. So they don't even really need... I think the, the case for Akogi is that you don't... You've got Beal, Booker, and Durant. You don't need... I feel like if you want to get the best five out there, yeah, it's probably little. But I feel like the fit, you're right. They need like and Akogi started games for them last year and you know, drew the assignment of the best offensive player from the opposition more often than not. So he's gonna be that quote unquote just defensive stopper, like we're not gonna pass you the ball, you're just gonna defend and that's gonna be your job. Yeah. What sort of what what Macau Bridges was at the beginning of his career. <laughs> Pretty much. Before they realise, oh shit, he can do stuff. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, maybe not like, oh great, he can do stuff. <laughs> we can trade him. <laughs> they also got the Drew at Eubanks. What a, what a, he played really well for the Blazers. Yeah, like I haven't got underrated. the, I haven't got the finalised roster in front of me. Um, I assume what I'm looking at is probably not finalised either. But no, I don't think like they've obviously announced their cuts, but like the, the, I think the, they got rid of Keon Johnson. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, like he hasn't really done much in his career besides throw down a few sick dunks. He'll get, he'll get picked up somewhere. He's high enough to pick. Wasn't he a second rounder? Ah, oh, twenty first. Sorry. I mean, he's still like twenty yeah, it's years not, old. It's not the '60s, mate. <laughs> He's still like yeah, twenty, twenty-one years old. So yeah, oh, um, they've got they've got me too as well. Nice. Yeah, Chibesi Metu from the Kings. Bring over Bol Bol from the Magic. Keita Bates Diop. Grayson Allen comes over. There's just they might on paper be, and I haven't, and we'll get to the Nuggets in a second because we can't not talk about the Nuggets. But I feel like on paper the Suns might just be the deepest team in the league right now. It's surprisingly use, useful depth without being like oh my god they have him it's like yeah. you just look down the roster and you're like oh yep solid playable, it, it's, playable. It's a, yeah it's a bunch of names that you go yeah they do, do you remember last year when everyone was talking about the Pelicans yeah and how you look down the roster and right down to the 15th man yeah it was like oh they're gonna cut a really good player yeah and it was like with the Pelicans like obviously they're not like they could throw this bloke out for 10 minutes a night and he wouldn't look out of place whereas some of these other teams you're looking at their roster you're going who? yeah whereas you look down the Suns roster and it's just a bunch of names that you know which obviously doesn't mean much normally but at least like their two way guys are Azubuke and Saban Lee and it's like they can both give you some minutes like Chemezi Metu start it's these guys below the line are all they're all tradable they're all tradable and they've all got defined roles. Yeah. Like I could, like other teams could want Grayson Allen and then possibly give the Suns, like an, if an area of need comes of it, like, you know, you lose someone. Because um, I guess it's the center. I guess, uh, well, Bob Allen. Little play center as well? Or is he more 3-4? He's more of a 3-4. Yeah. I guess Bob Allen, theoretically. But like, I guess it, do, it doesn't take a, like Nurkic has not been 
the healthiest of centers, respectfully. <laughs> well, um, they've got Eubanks. They've got Eubanks, but then it's like if you lose Nurkic, you've got no one after that. Bol Bol. Um, oh, yeah, I would not play Bol Bol at center. They're pretty low. Oh, I suppose they've got Metu. He's not appearing on my depth chart. <laughs> um, which is really not good for an exercise like this. Um, <laughs> but no, you're right. The depth is surprisingly useful. What What were your thought? What was your take on Aiton? I like Aiton, but it's clear. It was clear. It's like you got. Well, I didn't was, want him. Yeah. I didn't want him last year. Yeah, they were like forced to re-sign him. It's, I, he. The problem is, is that like the, it's not it's, the. He would have been really good in, on, on Indiana with Halliburton. Yeah, I think he'd be really good on the Blazers. Um, well, he's just going to get a lot of touches. Well, that's the thing. He's a productive player, right? Yeah. Like he, he's going to have better stats. Like he had good stats when people were saying he's terrible. Um. Yeah. I mean, as I like Aiton, but it's a, he's an odd, or maybe not an odd, but it's like it's a dying breed. Oh, yeah. Of, of player that's certainly not... Like the traditional back-to-the-basket center who doesn't really go any further than, say, the free-throw line. Yeah, but then he's sort of like... I feel like he can take threes. Like, I feel like it's within his range that... Oh, sorry. Like, it's within the reasonable range of expectations for future improvement that he could become, like... So, stay with me. Anthony Davis. Yeah. On offense, doesn't take a lot of threes. Like, it takes, like, one a game, maybe. Two a game. I don't see a reason why Aiton can't have that sort of shot profile. Yeah. Maybe that just becomes... Maybe that just comes with reps on a worse team. Because, like, ever since Aiton joined the Suns, they were effectively... Outside of the first like year or two, they so his rookie year, whatever. Second year was the bubble, I'm pretty sure, and they just caught fire. Yeah. And ever since that, it's been win now, and, and his development kind of gets kicked to the curb. And in lieu of you know, we've got Devin Booker, we've got Chris Paul, we got you know Bridges and Johnson. We we're making a finals run. It becomes about winning. We just can't really afford to bring you along anymore. Like you're either coming, you're either coming for the ride or you're falling off the boat. <laughs> I was I was just looking up his because obviously he played really well for the Bahamas in the um, those qualifiers. Yeah, they weren't at the World Cup, but in the qualifiers, and he no. didn't. Well, so did Eric Gordon was there, wasn't he? Didn't he? Play, he didn't take threes, so he averaged fifteen and a half and fourteen rebounds. And he, did, he took like one or two threes in four games in 120 minutes. And we're talking about fever threes. I suppose maybe just because that's an, he would never take mid-range in a, in a NBA game, I guess. But that's... Ah, oh, free throws. Probably not the profile you want. Like what we're talking about, you know, if he can move more towards Anthony Davis. Um, that's completely the opposite. Yeah. Um, but back on the Suns. And I guess Beal and the fit. I I can see a world where the Suns, they just... Like, they're going to win, what, 50 games? Yeah, well, they're just so talented. But, like, they're going to be one of those teams... I I, I feel like they're going to try hard the regular season just because there's so much unknown around how they all fit together. You're incorporating Beal 
KD only really had like what a couple of months with them last year. He didn't really like he got injured in his first game, right? Or like really early on in his tenure, and he didn't come back until the playoffs. Um, you're incorporating basically a brand new bench. Um, you know, your only real holdover from your rotation last year is like Devin Booker and Josh Okogie. Yeah. Also, the West is good. They're going to have to play. Like, yeah, like, like that's what I'm saying. They can't afford to, you know, start slowly. So, yeah. I think you're going to get a pretty good Durant. Like, um, like of Durant seasons, you're going to get a really good one. Because it's only going to be made easier for him when you've got that much talent. And obviously we've seen that before. Um, for him, there's, there's probably maybe no player um, in the league currently when you surround them with talent plays better than Kevin Durant. <laughs> um, ironically, when you take the talent away, he also plays incredibly well. Actually, it's like superhuman. I'm thinking about like Nets when he didn't have either of them. Um but like, yeah, as we've seen on the Warriors, you, if you make the other team that has to deal with Kevin Durant have to think about other guys as well, it's like you just... He excels when the game is difficult, and then if you make it easier for him, it's just... Yeah. I would imagine he's going to be, like, super efficient. 50-40-90? Um, has he done it before? Oh, I don't I know. remembering wrong? This would be the, if he hasn't done it before, this would be the time to do it. Yeah, he's done it twice. He did it oh. last year. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> did he even reach the oh, 47 games? I'm looking at his accolades, 50-40-90 club twice. So he did it in 12-13 playing 81 games. That's tough. Yeah. All right, and the final big move of the offseason, parachuting off the Suns via the Wizards onto the Golden State Warriors. Maybe the strangest move of the offseason, just because it looks weird, is Chris Paul. Yeah, weird given sort of the history there, right? The history, just the fit. Like, is he going to come off the bench? It, it's just, like, probably, right? Yeah, like, has there even been any sort of determination on that? Well, if the house, if there is, I haven't seen it, but I mean, it's like, like I don't watch much preseason because I have better things to do with my life, and a lot of it, I guess I don't watch much Warriors, and I'm like, yeah, that's probably I'll, true as well. It's also like a lot of it's not broadcasted here anyway, so it just it's hard. But hmm. I don't see a reason why you would alter the starting lineup from last year. That's Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, Looney. Yeah, it's pretty settled. Yeah. And even, and even if you think Clay is the other side of the hill, like, you know, it's still Clay. You're not going to bench Clay for Chris Paul. No, well, it, to jeopardise the. That's a tried and true lineup, you know. Um, it's, yeah, it's. Like you said, odd, odd fit. Um, speechless, uh, speechless. Nothing coming, <laughs> to, nothing coming to mind here. Yeah, I've just hunted down the box score of their final preseason game, but they probably didn't play the the. the oh no. Okay. Um, oh, Draymond didn't play. Okay, that invalidates that because they started Paul and Curry together. Um, so they've got they've got GP two back as well. Well, he was back last year. 
Yeah, they've got they've just they've looked at what Corey Joseph and Rodney Magruder did for the Pistons last year, and we're like, you know what? Yes, we <laughs> we need some of that. I don't want to break your heart, but I think they cut Magruder. No, they did, but um, <laughs> they bring in Rudy Gay, and I think they cut him too. <laughs> no, Rudy Gay. Did they cut Rudy Gay? I think they did. Yeah. Oh, that's broke my heart. Yeah, that's... Wow, that's sad. Well, throw away all my notes then. <laughs> Damn it. It's like their championship aspirations hinged on Rudy Gay. Those but 11 like, minutes of Rudy Gay. <laughs> but the Warriors are... like They're just going to be there. Like I don't think Chris yeah, Paul is the is the needle mover. And we we spoke about this like a couple of years ago. Like, Chris Paul is your floor raiser. But, well, like, what floor is there to raise here? Yeah. it's a, Could you pick a situation where he's less... Needed? Yeah, oh, good, because I was going to say impactful, but that's not right. Yeah, needed. Or required, yeah. Um, the most... What's what's the word? Superfluous addition. <laughs> yes. Do you well, think must, they, it, they, tra- they trade him for... For what? Well, it's... It's my thing with the Warriors. It's like, again, a couple of years ago, it's like I was sort of not dumbfounded they won the title, but it was like, really? Like, <laughs> no other team could top this? I know it's, it's Steph and whatever, and it's just sort of like you bow down to the, you know, the greatness prevails. Um, yeah. A, tr- a truly great team in league history, but it's like, um, it's not like they're terribly complete. I suppose you see what you get out of Kaminga or if, um, yeah, so there's a, there's a, yeah, there's a couple Mo- Modi Moses. There's a couple of <laughs> there's a couple of guys on that roster that are wild cards. Kaminga being the big one. I actually think Moses Moody had a pretty good playoff series when he played. Mm. Hit some big shots. Um, they picked up uh, Garuba as well. They make something out of him. He's a, he's a good defender. So. And Dario Saric. Useful. Has he been good after the injuries? I haven't, to be honest, I haven't really kept tabs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, no, whenever I watch, like, useful. I think he was on the Thunder last year, right? And he, just kind of one of those guys where it's just like, he, the Suns traded to the Thunder. Like, he'll give you 10 minutes off the bench. He's kind of morphed into a center now. Mm. Like a, a four slash five, whereas it, Coming into the league, he was like, what, a 3-4? Yes. Maybe more of a four, a true 4. But now he's, yeah, he's become kind of a small ball center, which I think in Golden State, of all the places, like with the way they want to play, and just like de facto centers with Draymond Green and uh, Kevon Loon is a proper center, but you know what I mean. So, mm. like... A pretty reasonably useful bench addition as far as talking about Dario Saric in 2023 goes. Which I did not think I'd be doing. No disrespect to my uh, Croatian brother. Okay, yeah, to flick back to make, yeah, sure, <laughs> to, 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 <laughs> to make sure which one he was. Well, because, like, Boyan Bogdanovic was born in. Uh, uh, where was he born? Bosnia. What, what what year is Sarge? Can you scroll up, please? Ninety four. Okay, well then, I think everything was everything sort of like no, it's like two thousand, isn't it? I don't want to get into European. <laughs> don't, don't want to get into European <laughs> geopolitics. No, no, no. Um, 
Well, that's all the big moves from the offseason. I feel like we need to just dedicate a couple of minutes to the Nuggets just out of respect. Out of respect. For, for our champions. Um, they lost Bruce Brown. That's not good, but... I think people are, just quietly, I think people are overstating that. Like, with respect well, to Bruce Brown, it's... Okay, are they overstating losing him in a vacuum? Because I think that's... It's a huge loss, but then... They were outbid. Like, they were never going to match that money. No. They probably couldn't match that money because they wouldn't have had any form of bird rights on him because he was I only think, there for I a year. I think it's, it's an easy thing to point to when when the champion doesn't bring back all of the players. It's like, oh, they're not going to be as good. They don't have the exact same team. No, um, Yeah, but no one ever thought that when the Bucks lost PJ Tucker. There was, I mean, there was some of that. Um, oh, they, there could, was, they, they could have they could have brought him back. There was some. Um, that, well, yeah, they tampered. No, there, there was <laughs> no. There was obviously some of like there was that sentiment, but it's like it was more the I can't believe you haven't brought back the like the guys that wanted to be here rather than yeah yeah no fair, ra- fair. rather than losing PJ Tucker is the reason the Bucks will plummet down the standings. Yeah, but I mean, other than that, their offseason moves are re-signing DeAndre Jordan and Reggie Jackson for reasons. Um, a, a four-year extension to Zeke Naji for I think it was thirty-two mil. Thirty-two. That was like, why bidding against themselves. Like Naji's fine. I, I like him. I like him. Naji's fine, and it like obviously the the cap isn't real anymore. Like the numbers have just gone so cartoonish that eight million now. It's like who really cares? But like people will say the contract's tradable, and it's like is it? Like who's yeah. going to want four years of Zeke Naji at like not insignificant investment? Well, if it doesn't, if it doesn't work the... out, yeah, he's young, yeah. but he's young and when and when he's played, I think he's been okay. Maybe not last season, but the season before last, I think there was at least something there. But it's like they haven't they they haven't played him enough to be able to give him that money for the rest of the like what you're saying, right? To trade him to the rest, they haven't shown enough. There's not enough tape. No. Um, for that sort of figure, I was surprised, right? That it's like, wow, um, yeah, somebody that really hasn't played. And to be honest, did he really? F- he didn't really feature in the um, the finals, right? No, he wasn't in the rotation. He would have been like tenth yeah. man if at best. Exactly. So in a in a again the cap, like you said, the cap isn't real. So really, you know, with semantics over money that isn't ours so it doesn't matter yeah like the, um, the Nuggets bench rotation in the finals was green brown and brown yeah <laughs> so the law firm <laughs> um, but yeah that was like yeah it came out what yesterday the day before um, surprising yeah but it's um, I mean the rest of the Nuggets they've all come back Jamal Murray skipped the World Cup which was sad but what can you, know, you do? They could have won if he played. Jokic, it's also, you Jokic to, get the World Cup to run horses in Serbia. They could have won if he played. Oh, right, yeah. Aaron Gordon skipped the World Cup. They could have won if he played. <laughs> I'm not sure Aaron oh, Gordon. I don't know that one. Um, um, and there's a lot of buzz about this Julian Strother kid. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. That's I mean, based there's, on... There's, there's buzz about what Christian Braun, because he's a winner. But... Uh, I mean, Chris, it's Brown. First of all, I, I just I disagree, but that's what I that's what they've said. So I'm going with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was legitimately useful. Yeah, sure, but it's like it's not. Um, 
I mean, their main off-season external recruit is Justin Holiday. Like, that's just a quintessential championship, like, settled championship team. Like, I feel like Justin Holiday has played for the reigning champions every year of his career. <laughs> and never won a title himself. No, he's the year two. Oh, no, yeah, no, he's, sorry, he's on the Warriors in 15. And he's played, wow, he's been around. He's played for the Bulls, the Knicks, the Hawks, Pacers, uh, Kings. Okay, he's, <laughs> his first year on the defending champions. Because <laughs> he wasn't on the Warriors after they won it. I, I will give you 10 bucks if you tell me where Holiday last played. Or are you looking at it? The Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at it. Yeah, I know. All right. Um, yeah, I have I nothing guess... to say on the Nuggets, unless you have something to close out. Um... I guess for them it's uh, similar to the Bucks after their title. It's you sort of the, you're looking to validate the the run, right? I think um, particularly what Jamal Murray, you see whether he's perennial All Star or he's like his run was similar to Middleton. Yeah, that's probably what you're looking at moving forward from here. And then it's there's there's probably still something there with is Porter. It's <laughs> It's funny how, like, a couple of years ago with the Nuggets, it's like, oh, you know, if Porter Jr. becomes an all-star, they can win the title. And they did it without him even really needing to be that much of a factor. I mean, he had some bad games in the finals. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, I'd, so I'm saying it's just funny how that turned out because it's like... Um, yeah. It turns, uh, out, it turns out, you know... Doesn't matter. Jokic was so good it didn't even matter. No. Uh, but, like, Aaron Gordon's been pleasantly good. Yeah. Oh, like, sorry, pleasantly, surprisingly good. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pleasantly good. <laughs> um, I've had enough talking about good teams. Let's talk about some rookies. Um, Can we talk about one other good team? Who? Pelicans. Do you just want to talk about Zion? Yes. <laughs> All right. What do you want to say about Zion? He's really good. And as long as he plays, I think they're going to be... Um, they're another team, right, that has, like, well, you said it, we talked about it last year. The depth is nice. So as long as, if they can sort out the, the front line, we're talking about, I, I probably their jump is maybe similar to, um, probably going back now, maybe five or six years, where it's like everybody pointed at the Jazz and they're like, oh, look, they can get there. Sort of what I'm seeing with the Pelicans, except their players are better and they have higher ceilings. And they're also not Rudy Gobert. So imminently more fun and watchable. Yes. Um, and not spreading infectious diseases. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, obviously the thing was on. When he plays, I, I don't even think it's like crazy takes that he's like at what a top. It's inside the top 10, I think. Oh, really? I was going to say 15. I think it's inside the top ten. I don't. I, I was hesitant at five. No, like, not five. No, no, no. Not, I, not I won't. Five, I won't give you five. Like, I'm willing to debate ten. Yeah, I think it's somewhere in ten. Um, but like it could push to five. Like I mean, would it, it's just so health dependent, right? Yeah. I mean, it which looks is what? Good, but I mean, honestly, that doesn't mean anything. I don't think with with Zion, that's the sort of thing. I don't think it means anything. What do you mean? What he, what he looks like when people are like, oh, he looks slimmer. 
I don't think it matters. Oh, right. No, no, that means nothing. No. The same when they're like, oh, you know, he's looking heavy. It's like, he plays well when he's heavy. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't... Dude, throw it out the window with him. He is an anomaly. Kevin Knox still, like, wakes up in cold sweats. <laughs> oh, my God. That was, that was amazing. And obviously, I talk about it every year. The Zion debut with the 4 threes, unbelievable. My, my, like, regular my season debut. My favourite regular season game of the last 10 years. Oh, Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. Really? Like, Giannis has done some crazy stuff, but the Zion debut was incredible. I just remember that, because I was at work that day, and I, like, I had a, like, the bloke at work was watching it on his phone, and I walked past his desk, and he's like, mate, Zion's just going off. And I was like, what? Like, yeah, he's hitting threes. I was like, no. And then I went back and looked at the box score, and I was like, holy shit. It was, he, he was only allowed to play, like, three-minute spurts. So no, like I remember that. was, like, booing when he, because he'd do something cool, and then they'd take him off, and then it was like... He, <laughs> At the, towards the end of the game, he was like, he put the team on his shoulders and he started shooting, and it's like he was playing too well for them to take him off. Was that uh, was that Gentry? Was I the coach? Was, yeah, Gentry. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, shout I, shout out Dyson. Yep. Do you reckon Dyson has a role? Yeah. He's like on the fringe, I think. Like, d- defensively, he's, like, what we know. It's just all about... Well, it's, it's second year, right? So you get the you get time to... Yeah, well, he needs to show some value on the offensive end. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard rotation to crack, too. Like, well, yeah, like I said, very, very deep. Especially at guard, you've got McCollum and Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, Ingram, all those guys kind of on that guard to wing, I guess. Like they've, they've got on the depth chart I'm looking at. I don't know if you've got the... I'm not looking at it. Um, Hit me. Well, they've got Kira Lewis Jr. Jr. below Dyson Daniels. I feel like he's perpetually injured, though. Yeah, I, I, that was what I was about to say. The only reason why is probably because he's always injured. Um, like, he, he... I don't know if the ACL was last year, or if he came back from it last year, but I know he's recently removed from an ACL. I'm yeah. not sure when that happened, though. They all there have been so many injuries. I also don't think they're the same position. Like Dyson's more of a two, yeah, like an off-ball slasher. Kyra's more for, of a. For some reason, the depth shot I'm looking at thinks that Herb Jones is the only person that's going to play shooting guard minutes. He's going to play all 48. Yeah, I don't see why not. Can we, can we talk about rookies now? Sure. We've gotten to the point where. I am looking at these photos of Wemby and I'm thinking, are these AI or are these like photoshopped? <laughs> like, did you, have you seen that block against the Warriors? Yeah. So I saw someone go, Wemby can block a shot that's two and a half Chris Paul's tall. <laughs> but I it's think like, the, th- the, th- the game changing thing about it is, is that he can be out of position. Oh yeah, like the like, range, so, of, so he can, the so recovery he can be, range. Is, yeah, he can theoretically be a bad defender and it'd still be fine. Because he's like the wingspan of the reach and the ground that, like you said, the ground that he covers. Like we, we've seen freaks on the wings and like long perimeter shot blockers and all that sort of stuff before, mm. but nothing like. I know it's preseason, but some of the plays they just make you stop and go like, "This is just unfair." Like, and you project to like your team playing against them, and you go, "Well, we're not going to score a point," mm. and partly because we suck, but. Like, 
that so block... the, the Zion versus Wemby matchup is what, yeah. I'm for, what I'm here for. Like, the, the block is one of them. There was another one where I think he had a... Not the steal you're thinking of, but he, he had a steal in, in that same game. There was like a 90-second sequence. Blocked a shot in transition or got a steal and then got the ball at like half court, took a couple of dribbles, launched a three. And it's like, well, this is just not fair. Mm. And it swished. And then obviously that, when he d- digs down in the lane and just kind of swipes across the lane and somehow prized the ball free. That was like the first jaw-dropping highlight moment, I think, of his preseason. It was like back at the start where he just reaches across as a help defender. And it's like, if you can insert that in the minds of the ball handlers that they've always got to be just on the lookout for you. Yeah. It, it's the sort of help defense that elevates your teammates because now they can stay on their man and then they can just kind of funnel. Well, it's maybe not to the the level that Wemby may get to, but it's the Giannis level of help. All right, calm down. <laughs> no, but it is. Like, Giannis is one of the greatest... Help no, I'm saying, ever. like, Wemby's clear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Already. I think... I'm just thinking, like, what is the... You're right. You're talking about like you're thinking of like what the ball hand is looking out for. It's like, are we going to get? I suppose the rules probably prevent this and work in Wemby's favor now. But it's like, are we going to try and get like like Wemby's jumping on to block these threes? Are we going to get the sort of rip throughs and foul baiting on him to get him out of the game? Is that going to be the way that he's found out? Like if there if there is, because I the, I don't think it for matters. as much as like his. You don't think it matters? I don't think it matters. Well, not to the extent that like you're positing. Yeah. Because like realistically, he doesn't have to jump until it's in the air. Yeah. Well, that's a quick adjustment, right? Like it happens twice, and then it's just like okay. Slow I'm not. Down. Yeah. Like he's obviously going to get exploited at times. Yeah. He's still a rookie. Well, that's what, what, I, what I'm thinking of, right? Because at the moment, it's all like not to damp dampen the blanket. Um. But it's like. Otherwise, the way that we're talking about him, it's like this guy's the MVP and he's changing the face of the game. Um, like, there are some futures markets out there for him. And, like, one of them is to get seven blocks in a game at any point this season. And it's, like, over three bucks. What? That's silly. Yeah, Walker Kessler did it, like, three or four times last year. I think he makes And, and Kessler is like... not Wemben Young. <laughs> no. In the most respectful sense. Um, no. Only... Wow. We get, we have to get on that. You gotta you gotta save that. I think he may get double digits. Oh, triple double blocks. Ooh, that too. May, uh, yeah. Five by five. We could see a five by five. We could. Although is he the, 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 the fun- is he even the best player to try and get a five by five? Well, the funny thing is, if with five by five with him, it's probably the assists. That's the one that it's yeah. like. Well, who are you thinking? Well, I'm just... I, Giannis? We, we've talked about this before. Isn't it like Marcus Smart is the 5x5 five five champ? 5x5 five five NBA. Is, it, is there a list? Oh, here we go. 5x5s five five in NBA history. Yeah, but Smart's uh, like getting five blocks. Oh, Nurk. Oh, I don't like that. So, the one, the, so the, yeah, the most recent ones. Nurkic, AD, Draymond. Nurkic got a 5x5. Five five. Yeah. I don't like that. We had 24, 23, 7, 5, and 5. So I think I, I'm to. well aware what a 5x5 five five is. No, I'm just... That was his stats. Yeah, okay. Jeez. Did they lose? <laughs> they probably lost. Doesn't it? Doesn't have it. Ah, oh, okay. 
But is Wemby like the most obvious rookie of the year ever? Like favorite? Because, well, actually, does you know how they've changed the thing so they have to play, what, 60 games? Oh, interesting. To yeah. qualify for All-NBA? Yeah. Does that include Rookie of the Year? It, it may. Because I can see, like, Pop doing Pop things and, like, plays in 50 games. <laughs> like, but also, in. like, they've played him in the preseason. No, I know. I'm, I'm it's, aware. It's not like... <laughs> it's, it's No, but it's not like he's been, like... You know, it ha- it's happened many a year where it's like the top pick and it's like, oh, they're going to play. And then it's just like, you get nothing. And they're like, why did I bother, <laughs> you know, reserving time to watch this? Um, but like he's played and they're just like willing to put him out there. So uh, that probably shouldn't be an issue. Um, obviously, the you know, you touch wood, the concern would be an injury. Um, it's hard, oh, to, it's hard to it. not. Yeah, well, it's hard to not see the, not proneness, but the, the risks associated with being unnaturally big. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I guess the other thing is that there is reasonably stiff competition for Rookie of the Year, regardless of whether you think we're so far ahead. I it's mean... Not like there's no one. I don't know. <laughs> like, okay. How good do you think the Spurs will be this year? It's rough, right? Like, um... So, I'll give you their win line. What's it, mid-30s? 28 and a half. Yeah. It's a real, real vote of confidence in Devin Vassell and Keldon. I think 28 and a half's a... I'm, I'd say over on that. Oh, no, I I think uh, Vassell and Keldon are good. Oh, yes. Yeah, so Remember, I liked the Spurs last year before they even got the... The big French... Um, is that a basketball reference the big French oh, I don't know. let me look it up <laughs> who's big Spain again was that Hernan Gomez or was that one of the Gasols I think it was Marcus was it Marcus Hall? I think so um I, I get what you're saying like Scoo Henderson's gonna have the ball a lot on a what we think is gonna be a rebuilding maybe not a bottoming out Blazers team because they've still got Jeremy Grant they've added Aiton um and they've still got Anthony Simons who's now gonna presumably have the shackles fully unleashed, which I think is very exciting. But, like, Henderson, like, we don't know anything, like, really, like, what Brandon Miller and the Hornets are going to do. Like, that's just kind of the the tundra of the NBA right now. Um, I guess I was thinking... And he's not going to stand out with, like, LaMelo, and then you get to the Thompson Twins, which is what I assume you're going to say. No, I was thinking Chet Holmgren. True. Yes, I forgot about Chet. Well, Well, to be fair... Wemby headbutted Chet. <laughs> when... um, I mean, obviously, I... It's hard for me because I don't have a lot of context on Scoot. Um, but obviously, Wemby is, is better than, a better prospect than Chet Holmgren. However, obviously, he's still a standout. And there's, there's opportunity there. And I guess well, the Thunder are on the rise, certainly. Consider this. Chet Holmgren played the Pistons twice in preseason. 0-2. He lost to Asar Excellence Thompson. Just the the audacity to do that. That's how you know. You just guarantee your kids are not going to be... They're just the, the, the motivate. You cannot afford to not be the best in your craft if you put in that name. For, for context, both Thompson Twins' middle name is XLNC. 
What are we doing here? It's tough. What with my Ben, the the, the mediocrity, <laughs> the passable. <laughs> it's slightly above average. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> the passable. The there. Um. No, it's just that they call you the, the median. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. Not uh, slightly above average, the median. Actually, no, the median can also be below. <laughs> uh, we've got hiccups now. Um, just quickly, I am very excited for Asar Thompson. I think there's a very real chance he starts. Um... The Pistons played a lot of Ivy off the bench in preseason. Boom. Uh, I don't really know why. I feel like... So, they played four preseason games. I'm pretty sure in the first two, they started Cunningham and Burks in the backcourt. Uh, and then game three, they started Killian Hayes next to Cunningham because Burks was out. And then in game four, they started Ivy because Killian Hayes was out. So... I don't really know what the long-term plan is. Bogdanovich didn't play in the preseason. Monte Morris didn't play in the preseason. But Asar Thompson started all the games, was averaging like close to 10 rebounds a game. Um, His athleticism pops. He's already, I think, the best defender on the team. And it's like not even close. Um, Like Killian Hayes is probably up there, but I, I think Asar's gone ahead of him. The only concern I have with him is offensively, I think he's a very good cutter and he'll have the lanes to cut, but I'm concerned the spacing in that unit because I assume they're going to start, you know, Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Duran and, you know, neither of those are, uh, what's the word? High percentage, three-point shooters. Stewart certainly has the volume, but... I was going to say, your boy Stew. He's jacking up. That's your so, favourite favorite better last season. Stu oh, and I'm, I'm going back to it on opening day. Isaiah Stewart, two made threes. <laughs> Load up. Um, but I think there's there's an avenue for Thompson to start from day one with the uncertainty around Bogdanovich. I think they'll probably just start him at the three. Not He's not going to win rookie of the year, I don't think. He's just going to be too limited numbers-wise. He's not going to have the ball in his hands. But yes, there's my... The Sar Thompson spiel. I haven't seen. Just, just, just quietly. This is the first I'm hearing of Joe Harris on the Pistons. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. I, it's a, it's, it's a shame. It's not like what, what version of Harris? Like four years nine, ago. Nineteen twenty. Yeah. It's a shame. Well, There's, like yeah, Joe Harris on the on the Griffin Pistons would have been. Yeah. Far more useful than Joe Harris on whatever the hell we're doing now. It's Although, need the, desperately need the shooting so. It's the shooting exists, what, in, in theory? For... Oh, no. Harris, he's like f- mid-40s. Well, he just doesn't take him anymore. Doesn't play. Didn't play yeah. last year. He was hurt. <laughs> and also just in Brooklyn. Like, who knows what was going on there? Uh, speaking of, let's round out the episode. We have a few questions, some serious, some not, but we'll quickly do a bit of a recap on the Australians because there's been a bit of news in free agency and then the last couple of days. Let's start with the sad news. Uh, Jack White and Duop Reith both getting cut from the Thunder and Blazers respectively. I think Reith was, you know, that was always going to happen. But yeah, was it, he was on an E10, wasn't 
I think so. Um, Jack White was a little bit more surprising. Maybe not, but, you know, signed early in free agency. I'm pretty sure he's on the two-year deal. Obviously, unguaranteed or minimal guarantees. But, um, yeah, I wonder where he goes from here because I think he's... He's an odd one because I don't really know what his position is and he's not really an archetypal NBA player. He doesn't really... In terms of the NBA, doesn't shoot too much. I think Faber, he can shoot a little bit, but kind of what we saw in the G League last year, a rebounding foreman and that skill set in the NBA just isn't that, you know, special. <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, it's... I don't want to say it was really surprising that he ended up in the, in the league, but, like, there was probably an element of that too. Like, he was uphill just to make it in the league in the first place? I think so. Yeah, I mean, he has the pedigree. Like, Duke captain. <laughs> yes, sure. Um, I mean, it's just private school. It's like the Wallabies. It's like, if you... <laughs> to, 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 or the it's AFL. Like, like, the Wallabies. Like, no, but like, or the AFL. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, yeah, 90% the Wallab- of the... The Wallabies are recruiting how Matt's players from the NRL. That's that, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> okay, the AFL, then, I'm pretty sure, like, 90% of their draft picks come from, like, three schools Geelong in Grammar. Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do wonder. Uh, the question was posed in a chat that I'm in whether he gets another look, like another team takes a look at him. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't know either because it's like I, he, didn't, well, he didn't play a hell of a lot either. Not, not for Denver. For Grand Rapids, he did, but. Well, that's what I mean. Would, I guess the the thing there is that would he? Well, who takes a look at him? Or just... Like, does he, like, it, let's theorize, does he just become like a bargain bin 15th man or a two-way? Does he, you know, like, kind of go to Europe? I I, I would guess Europe. Well, that, that's what sort of what I was thinking. Like, what's the, the incentive for him to sort of stick around in the G League if it, like... He's not young. Getting, getting cut this, no, what I mean, getting cut this late in the season, you probably, like I said, better off to go to Europe or potentially back to the NBL um yeah and I mean like yeah he's already 25 26 um at some point you just gotta cut the cord right yeah uh Joe Ingles Bucks legend to Orlando sad news for you the the traitor (laughs) I mean didn't really play like was he even that good in Milwaukee no he (laughs) wasn't I mean, he was fine. Like um, he, still, he still shot 40. Um, but I mean, it's not like... I don't, I don't mind when, the when fit I'm, in Orlando I'm, next to, like, with... Like, he's kind of, like... <laughs> how do I say this? Like, if you, ima- if you imagine... Yeah, I, think pa- I think I know what you... <laughs> if, if you imagine Paolo as, like, one of the Ninja Turtles... <laughs> Joe Ingles is Splinter. Yes. Like obviously, like the same sort of skill set in a much more wizened body. Let's I say. You, I thought you were going to say like, oh, if you imagine um, Paolo was one of the Ninja Turtles, like Joe Ingles is on like the cartoon like three shows earlier. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like if, if you think about the archetype, like Paolo, the big yeah. forward who can ball handle and do all that sort of stuff. 
that is kind of what Joe's carved out his role as in the NBA, albeit at a much lower athletic base. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Better shooter than Paolo, but I think skill sets as like that sort of point forward, I think it's an interesting mental role. Because I think that's basically what it is at this point. Well, he, he's the vet on that roster. Yeah. Speaking of vets on rosters, Paddy Mills got traded about 17 times. I'm not like... Is, is he actually going to play for the I, Is it settled? I think he's on the roster, but whether he plays, I would say unlikely. Yeah. Unfortunately for him, he's gone to the place where the two guards take up. And then you've got... What? Um, oh, that bogey more of a three. Um... Although they got, they got Bay's. Bay's well. Apparently Bay's playing power forward now. Interesting. Well, I mean, he was uh, he was playing that anyway, pretty much. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think who their third guard is, because I know they lot, they left, they let Aaron Holiday go. Um, AJ Griffin. Mm. Um, and they've obviously got your boy Okongwu. Still hanging out. <laughs> For minutes, yeah. I mean, P- Paddy. I think I think we're just on the victory tour of him at this point. Yeah, I. T- I... It's interesting that he didn't get because uh, he got traded to the Hawks eventually, right? Yeah, he he was in OKC, traded somewhere else as well. And it's, it's very surprising to me that he didn't get like Houston. I think that he didn't get to like choose the destination in the end. Like just bought out or... Or like buy out, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I don't know. Maybe they want him. I suppose his deal's... Actually, no, his deal's not too bad. No, it's it's like Najee level money. It's, uh, it's six. Oh, he's getting less than Zeke Najee. Well, they can stretch. They can Larry Sanders that. Don't stretch. Never stretch. <laughs> yeah, no. They should probably get rid of stretch. Oh, I'm happy to leave it in there because dumb teams do it. But sadly, we've done it far too many times. To... <laughs> like the only teams that do it. That's why I should get rid of it. Josh Smith and uh, Zaire Smith. Pretty sure they stretched um, DeAndre Jordan too when they traded for him. <laughs> Just horrendous. Um, Dante Exum yeah, yeah. back in the league. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, you know what's dire when you're stretching players that never even played for your team. Yes. Yeah. Dante Exum to Dallas. Huge. <laughs> nice. nice. We like that. We do like that. The campaign. Has, my, my watch has ended. He's back in the league. <laughs> well, he certainly earned it. Jesus. Um, yeah. Although I think it's fair to say that, like, and the theory was maybe he just wants to play in Europe. Like, some people just prefer that style of play. And Fair. No, well, he probably would have, again, reading maybe too much into it, but it's like you want to play, you know you can go back for any deal. Yeah. You don't want to go back and sit on the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to play. So it's like you're you're in Europe to earn the payday slash minutes and a role and a purpose in the league, right? Yeah. Um, otherwise, you might as well be great in Europe, you know? Yeah. Um, have, did you see the uh, reports that the Mavericks might be starting Derek Jones Jr. ahead of Josh Green? Oh, that's a shame. It's just classic Jason. Case and Jid. Uh, Jock Landau to Houston. What's the depth chart look like? That's, that's <laughs> You've got the depth charts open you. in front of you. Yeah, I know. I'm looking at it. Um, 
because I guess the... While, while you look that up, I'm still on the Atlanta Hawks Wikipedia got, page. Um, they've retired a number for the mayor of Atlanta. <laughs> That's, um... Yep. Well, like an actual number, not like a... 59. Oh, okay. Well, it's probably never a number. <laughs> can, you, can you name a famous 59? Rajon Tucker. Really? Well, he wore 59 for Melbourne United. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> did he wear that on the box? I don't know. No, I don't think so. Oh, he did. He's the only player in NBA history to wear 59. Oh, what a, <laughs> oh, what a pull. Oh, that is... that's. Oh. Where's Quizkitball for the real OGs? Oh, Bring... that was... <laughs> oh, my wow. God. He wore it for 42 minutes. <laughs> Holy shit. That's good stuff. Sorry, well, yes, he's... He wore it on the herd as well. I swear he didn't. Uh... Yeah, he he wore 12. Yeah, that's why I didn't think he 59. (laughs) Um, Yeah, sorry. Houston's depth chart. (laughs) Rachel Tucker, 49, is the... 59. Uh, 59, sorry, is... No, because I'm... What I'm about to say is the Jordan... 40, what is it, 45? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, I might retire after that. That's it. Yes. Wow. I know. So yes, that, the, the that's going on social clips. That's going to be a clip. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, sorry. Houston's depth chart. I guess that the path to minutes for Landau is. Well, I haven't got it open in front. Yeah, walk me through it. Who, who have they got? Well, obviously. Shangun yeah, is the center. Um, and then they got JRE. I mean, meh. Yeah, and then Boban. <laughs> so I guess the, the, you would hope that Landau becomes the backup. I, I would, yeah. I mean, they signed him to a four-year deal. Yeah. He was also playing playoff minutes for the Suns, right? Good playoff minutes. Like, there were legitimate yeah. Yeah. discussions, like, close with him over eight for some of those games. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I'm still, I'm, still a, on the, I'm still on the 59 page on basketball high. reference. Still coming down from the high. What's the timestamp? I need that saved. Um, sorry, yes, continue. Like, well, it's... Jabari Smith Jr., Shingun, you would hope, or you would think, is going to be like a high-minute pairing. Um yeah, but and no, I, the, the path is probably there for Landau to play. Yeah, and I think I feel like there's a universe. Well, uh, maybe not. You probably don't want him playing next to Shingun. No. Just don't know who he guards. Um, the thing though with Landau is he's sort of adaptable. Um, not entirely. Like he's sort of stuck in the skill set, but like he has shown. At least at like FIBA level, at like he can makes... play next to a traditional big. Yeah, but he also like just makes good decisions. Yeah, and like, um, I so just worry just about him on the perimeter. His way. Sorry, I'd worry about him on the perimeter defensively at the floor. Well, yeah, well, particularly in the NBA, right? Yes, um, bold take, but yes. Also, I guess the although the I guess the Rockets have sort of. Um, thrown up in the air 
like I guess the the style they want to play, but they they have played fast. It's like, does that suit Landale? But he's probably adaptable, but maybe not entirely. Um, you you watch it, Rockets are probably like last in pace. Um, I'm curious to see how they go this year now that the like for reasons that are unsavory that the keys are now fully handed over to Jalen Green who you know my take on Jalen Green I really like him we like despite, Jalen Green I do like Jalen Green um, I didn't like the, the fit with Kevin Porter Jr um, and I thought that was hamstringing him but mm. kind of got dragged down in the mud with some of the stuff Porter Jr was doing and like the triple-double chasing and the shot selection. Because I feel like the, the Rockets last year, it was just once you got the ball, you had to shoot it because you didn't know when you were going to get it again. So, Yeah, it was a bit of a... A sham. Running through the motions type um, empty stats team. Still not the worst team in the league, though, somehow. Well, they're, they're just they're talented. Yeah, the, uh, they're, yeah, their high pick didn't get injured after like 12 games. Anyway, I'm not bitter. Uh, what, do, what do you think about um, Van Vliet and Brooks as the choice of the two guys that you put with the, the young core? Um, well, I guess for the, the same reasons that I kind of think Memphis will miss Brooks, I don't mind the fit. Like, the money is whatever. Um, what, what was it? Like, four? was it four years? Or, yeah, would it wouldn't have been five. Well, I guess they, they can... Well, and for... Fred as well they can afford it because of the other three guys are on the rookies yeah but like here's what I'm saying like with Brooks he's still quite young I think people don't realise he's actually like still only 26 27 Mm. so by the time his deal ends he's still in his early 30s and a useful role player I know he's gonna probably there's gonna be games where he takes too many shots that's just the Dylan Brooks experience you just gotta live with that because of all the things that he does that I mentioned earlier well, at least the Rockets aren't uh, unfamiliar with that anyway. <laughs> no, true. <laughs> um, I, I think the Brooks, like the, the money for both of them is probably overs for what the Rockets need. But yeah. I feel like at some point you've got to pay guys to just yeah. like, just be competent baseline vets and start winning games right and like if you get into some more close games it, it can only help green and smith and shangun to develop that being said i don't love the van vliet fit next to jalen green for the same reason i didn't love the kevin porter jr fit next to jalen green because because i feel like van vliet is a ball dominant point guard he causes a number a lot he's not he's a playmaker as well but i feel like in a team like the rockets he's gonna I just I'm concerned that Green might be starved of some usage that he probably needs. But all of my analysis on the Rockets is centered around me wanting to see what Jalen Green has. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Looking at, um, I mean, on the depth chart there, pushing <laughs> him in. Um, but so it's, it's like, and crucially, Tari Eason's out for a couple of weeks as well, which hurts them. Is kind of like another member of that little young core they've got. It's you're right. Like they're, they're what stage are they in? Right, because you sign Van Vliet and Brooks, you're suddenly you're not really. It's not like absolutely win now, but it's also it's like, come on guys, we don't want to be the worst team in the league anymore. So it's like yeah, 
Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr., Shane Goon. There you guys. That's what, like ideally, it's like they're so, the most talented players we're going to have. Yeah, and I th- I feel like bringing in those two guys. I don't think they're so good that they're gonna you know raise the rockets into what I would call purgatory, mm. especially in the West. No, you're right. In the in the east, this is a team that probably looks similar to those ones that you're talking about, right? But what do you mean? This is probably what a thirty thirty five. Oh yeah, so in the team in, yeah, in the east, in in the east, they can get to like I don't know, like last year's Bulls level. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not the Bulls. Maybe the Pacers. They sort of remind me where it's like everybody at, at the positions are all solid. And then it sort of it drops away. But it's like you've got your five guys and then any one of them can really win you the game. Yeah. And like they still have their, their picks, so... Yeah. And they're actually owed a pick from us, a <laughs> first rounder. It's just heavily protected from the Isaiah Stewart trade. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it's lottery protected this year. And then it, the protections slowly get down until it's like 2027 20, or 28 where it conveys us two seconds. And it's like... Ideally, you'd want the pick to convey because if we're that shit for that long, yeah, <laughs> like holy crap. Uh, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be this year. I think the Pistons will be all right. I'm banking on the Cade, Cade brilliance. Most improved. Um, you could... Are we going to talk about those? No, nah, we're already pushing two hours. Okay. Maybe we'll do a shorter one midweek. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> talk about the, his, the, the history of 59 and award races. Um, I did quickly note with an ellipses, Ben Simmons. Well, well it remains to be seen. He's back. You, you don't believe well, anything until it's... I'm seeing, I'm seeing that he's back. That's what I've seen. I've seen a lot of Nets people being like, he's back. I mean, yeah, he's, he had periods last year where he attacked and looked aggressive and then it just kind of fell away again, so... I'm still firmly in wait and see mode, but cautiously optimistic is where I'll settle for the time being. But but is no he, more. Is he starting? Yeah. So they're running out what Dinwiddie, Bridges, Finney Smith, Simmons, Claxon. Uh no, it was or Cam Johnson. Yeah, Johnson. It wasn't Finney Smith. Mm. So yeah, so Simmons at the point, and then just. But those three wings. Yeah, I don't love the Simmons-Claxton fit, but, I mean, it is what it is at this point. Yeah. And actually, the Nets... Uh, win, I'm curious what your thoughts on the Nets' win line is. It's actually lower than I thought it was going to be. It's uh, 37 and a half. Huh. That's... So they're the same as Chicago and Orlando, according to... I think, I think it's Vegas. And they're actually I behind. I don't know Indi- what I'd go on that. Behind Indiana, Indiana's thirty-eight and a half. But that—that's like projecting Halliburton, right? So yeah, yeah. I guess you're not—you don't really. Well, I guess Brooklyn. I, I, I like, suppose... who, who's Brooklyn's best player? It's Macau Bridges, right? There's a, there's a bit, there's a lot of anticipation that Macau Bridges is going to become an all-star, if not close, right? Given the yeah. sample size after the trades last year. Yeah, see, as the biggest Macau stand in the world, even I'm like somewhat hesitant on that. Hmm. Like, when I really look at it, I 
yeah, I think the, the lack of net depth kind of really sneaks up on you because it's like how far really can a team where your best player is a debate between Macau Bridges and, well, let's say like what we know yep. between Macau Bridges or maybe Spencer Dinwiddie or maybe Cam Johnson or maybe Nick Claxton mm. or maybe like the... Like Ben Simmons is the wild card. If he gets back to like even remotely close to what he was, then like he probably becomes their best player. But at the same time, that range is just so large that you can't predict anything in good faith. Yeah. So leaving him out of it, it's like let's assume Mikel's the best player. How far is that team going? Probably not that far. Yeah, I could see them being like what eleventh, tenth. I think Poss- possibly play. Yeah, maybe the play in. I-, I would say play in would be like their ceiling like based on what we know today and again if we get to like November or, or December and Simmons is like it's not a mirage yeah then maybe we'll see but yeah we, we call a couple of teams this every year they seem like an annoying team to play because they got, they got solid guys but they're not terribly deep no um, so it's like oh we, we caught them on the Dinwiddie scores 35 night it's like <laughs> yeah um, it's a, the Cam Thomas thing didn't really pan out, but maybe there's something there. Yeah, oh, buckets. All right, got a few mailbags. Do you though? Some serious. Some, I'm I'm avoiding the rude lines question I got because that hurts. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> uh, from Maddie, friend of the show, Maddie sent through a few. Um, they're all either pro Celtics or anti Sixers, so. Uh, well, I'll, how many games will the Celtics win? And you said, why is it all of them? I think we'll skip that last bit. How many How many games will the Celtics win? And I'll give you their win total. Can I guess their win total? Sure. What is it? 50... Can you see my screen? No. No, actually, I'm not looking. Is it 54... 55 and a half? Should have gone with your gut. Uh, 54 and a yeah. half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'll probably... They're going to win about that. <laughs> Gee... <laughs> I'd probably shade under on that, to be honest. Because they're like a team that's decided. I mean, they're there every year. I, I remember when they lost Game 7 being like, holy crap, this version of the Celtics has had the chance to do so much. They've been there every single... It's like Tatum has played so many yeah. playoff games and it's like they haven't... If like this is... Eventually when it's... like The end comes quicker than you realise. Yeah, um, yeah. But evidently... Profound. It has been... <laughs> Thank you. Um... Obviously, it's been prolonged given the events um, getting Drew Holiday and, and whatever, but it's like, you yeah. know, they're, they're, they're in, they've been in contention every year for like the last, what, six, seven years? Yeah. Um, I'm doing a, a sweep with some people where you just predict the over-under for every team, and I'm yeah. looking at this. There's five of them, five uh, entries so far, and I've just looked at it. Everyone's gone Celtics over, which somewhat surprises me. But mm. anyway, the thing with it with a fifty-four and a half over is that you're not going to be that many games over it. So like, no, under, like under well, fifty-four and a half is going to be in play until like late April. Like, are they going to win sixty? Like, they could, but I doubt it. I feel like the the two best teams in the East are not going to try to win sixty. No, and that's the thing. Yeah, like I'd probably take the Bucks over just because Lillard. And like they might, they might accidentally win sixty five games. Maybe not sixty five, but but <laughs> no, yes. No, like, I just, well, I just wanted to put a huge number out there. Well, actually, I know we're getting off topic again, but Cleveland's win uh, line is fifty and a half. 
they might end up being the top seed just because they're like the team that needs to do it. If that makes sense, or like the team yeah. that's going to do it. And then Philadelphia's forty-seven and a half anyway. They could uh, end up like it's it's hard to right with the, yeah. we talked about it earlier. Um, and then Maddie again. What happens first? Harden gets traded or Embiid requests a trade? <laughs> I think that Embiid one. I think the Embiid one's coming, right? If they fail again, it's not terribly difficult to see. Actually, yeah, I was going to bring this up before as well. How do you feel about Embiid committing for Team USA? I mean, you know, you already know. I thought I thought it was tenuous when he was saying that he was going to play for France, but he's actually got more of a claim, I think, for America than he does France. He does, but it's also he's... it's like, come on now. He, I don't think any of his heritage is French, any of his parents or grandparents. He's born and raised in Cameroon. And like obviously the US, it's just pure residency. And it's I guess it's the same as like Thibault living here for how many years, but it but it's not. Yeah, <laughs> it's, no, it's it's not. Like functionally it is, but it's just not. And I refuse yeah. to uh, to debate this. Um It's like it's But yes, Harden gets traded first. The, the... Out of those oh, two. Okay. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about it. No, 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 we are. I'm just, I was just nah, okay. wrapping up my bow. Go on. <clears throat> I'm going to say that these Olympics coming up are so interesting. Because it's like, obviously, given the events of uh, the World Cup and then just proceeding, um, I think they're going to try. How many of the Avengers do they get, really? Like... I think... Well, optimism is high at the moment, but then you have to have to probably be more realistic, right? But I think you're probably going to get KD. Because he seems to... He's like basically this this version of Olympic Mellow. Right? Mellow, yeah. <laughs> um, you'd hope to get Steph or LeBron. Both would be amazing. But like, you'd hope to get one. I feel like LeBron's more likely. Because this is like, this is it. This is, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good call. Um, and he's just somewhat corny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, I, well, I, what we're forgetting... Uh, oh no, this is Paris, sorry. LA's next. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. L- LA, they're gonna get everybody because it's a thing in playing at home. But um... yeah, you can't you can't rock up to Team USA basketball at the LA Olympics with a team led by Austin Reeves and Cam Johnson. I'm sorry, they, 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 this will not let it happen. Like they, they will th- they will glass you out. Colangelo will be out there. <laughs> it's just yeah, that, no. Um, but yeah, yeah, the MB the MB thing's a bit cheap, right? Because it's only it's only again, like you said, it is similar. Yeah, it, that, it goes but, the other but way. But yeah, back to yeah. On the, you'll say that they'll get KD. Hopefully, well, not hopefully, but like Curry, LeBron. I reckon from like the current group, Edwards. Yeah. Um, Halliburton. Jamal Morant, Redemption Arc. What Zion? Zion Williams, <laughs> Redemption um, Arc. Paolo. Probably yeah. AD. Um, what about, what about a- like a. Yeah, I think AD said he wanted to. About like a Paul George. Yeah, I don't know about Paul George. I think, I think Jalen Brown. Kawhi will not play basketball for free. I think we. we <laughs> he no. won't even pay when he gets played. Uh, sorry, uh, the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you see Jalen Brown said, "Yeah, I want to play at the Olympics." I was like, "Sure, buddy." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Tatum. Yeah, t- Tatum. Uh, well, Tatum was at uh, Tokyo, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, actually, Tokyo they. Take that they got a much very presumptuous of Russell Westbrook, but he said that he's committed. <laughs> yeah, considering like all the COVID stuff, they got a pretty good team at Tokyo. Yeah, they still uh, the Olympic teams have all been pretty good. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the World Cup, like, who cares? You could, you'd probably get Dame. He'd be in the, the crop. You just think of all the American All-Stars. All of them are going to be in play until they're not. Walker Kessler? <laughs> hey, they could get Cade. They could. They, I mean, he, they, 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 he, they, he, he could have been in this one. Well, they offered him a spot on the... But he said no. Apparently, well, it was it him, Jalen Green, and somebody else played really well on the select team. I think it was Duran. Yeah. Cade and uh, Cade definitely. Jalen yeah. Green should have. I played heard for that. The... I heard that it was Jalen Green and Cade like beating them. I know the. I'm pretty sure one scrimmage Cade and Duran beat them, and then I think Green had another one where he beat them. Green should play for Gillas with Clarkson. Anyway, <laughs> I know it's not possible, but. Because, you know, everyone naturalised and, like, they love... Well, I mean, we're talking about the Olympics here. It's not going to matter, mate. No. <laughs> well, they... <laughs> Actually, will they qualify? It's like 12 teams. Anyway. No, uh, that's what I mean. That It's not going to matter. They're not going to be there. <laughs> and last one from Maddie. Why did the Pistons ever stop using the horse jerseys, mate? Don't know. I need to get one. What do their jerseys look like this year? What's the uh, th- There was a leak. I don't know if it's official. I just saw it, like, literally before we started recording. Oh, it's not the green one again, is it? No, 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 no. I didn't mind the green one. Really? Like from last year, the St. Cecilia one, like with the big circle yeah, in it. Yeah, I didn't mind it. It's better than like the ones I've had in years past. Like, remember that, the Barcelona looking one? The, oh, yes, yes. The, the yes, one that Seiku, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the Seiku era one. <laughs> um, and they also, and the one that Thon was in, you know, the black and silver one, the Raiders looking one, Oakland yeah. Raiders. So I saw a leak of the... Well, I don't know if it's a leak or official or what. I just saw something um, of their city jersey for this year. And it's gone back to the Oakland Raiders inspo. And I don't I don't know it. what to th- I don't know what to think about this. Are you looking at it now? Yeah. I, I Look, considering some of the other city jerseys we've seen, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, but what, what do you think about the Bad Boys logo on the trim? Hang on, I've, I've forgotten... Oh, it's got like. like the like the. Let me go back. Um, great. This is great radio. Bad boys logo on the trim. I don't love it. Like yeah. the the whole jersey. I think compared to some of the other city jerseys we've seen around the league this year, like some of them are just truly diabolical. Yeah, it's the. What this do you one think is about fine. The, where do you, where do you don't, stand on the? The fact that, like, the commercialization that Nike have added to the jerseys in the fact that we're getting, like, literally one new jersey every year. I mean, I don't buy them, so I don't really care. <laughs> but, like, in terms of the... Like, the... I'm happy, guess... them to, I'm happy for them to do new stuff every year. Just make it good. Well, I think if you do new stuff every year, you shouldn't allow teams to change their first... Their home, which they don't, a lot. But it's no, like... Those should just be set in stone then. But if but if, but if there's someone who needs a rebrand of their main stuff, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, which oh, I think we... that's generally what they're doing now. But it's like, but without actually go, doing it, go down to three jerseys. Well, there's I what, think the four problem now. was it's that everybody was like, there's um, four right, or there's five for playoff teams, or like an earned or something. Yeah, I think some, yeah, some have an earned. See, five is obviously too many. Please eliminate three. <laughs> it's um but yeah I don't love the, the the Raiders like inspiration but again it's like it's fine I'm not I'm not going to rush to buy this one I'd much rather get the teal horse from last year yeah so the the Bucks got banned from wearing cream 
so it's Boo. always blue. Boo. Where they just said it, it looks awful on TV, and then the ads, <laughs> the ads get stuck on the players. <laughs> Actually, you know what? The, the esoteric jersey chat. Do we know, you know what the one the Bucks should bring back? Uh, or oh, that like the deer head? No, no, don't, no, God, no. The red one from like the early Jennings oh, years. Yeah. I'm never, never a huge fan of that one. I really liked it. Mm. No, well, obviously, the Bucks had a different colour scheme. No, I know. So they lent into the... Yeah. But yeah, you're talking like Monte Ellis era. Yeah, like early Jabari, yeah. like mid to late Jennings, Bucks, yeah, like that. You know what? I, I was never a huge fan of the... I much prefer this colour scheme now. I was never a huge fan of Christmas Bucks because <laughs> we had purple before that. Yeah. Um, and then the Bucks green wasn't as good as now. And it, wow, we're getting niche, but like the, <laughs> the, the forest green that... The, we're two hours in, no one's listening anymore, go on. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> uh, the forest green that the Bucks have now is significantly better. Yeah. Than that lighter. Uh, final question from another Bucks fan, Simon. What will Killian Hayes average this year? <laughs> Minutes or stats? <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> he might honestly, like... Everyone kind of thought he was done, right? When, not to make this a serious answer, but... Everyone except you, yes. <laughs> no, me included. When the Pistons drafted Marcus Sasser from Houston and traded for Monte Morris and brought back Alec Burks, well, I mean, he was already signed, but like they didn't trade him away. Everyone kind of, like, especially Morris... Everyone's like, right, there's the new backup point guard. The writing's on the wall, Killian. Go revive your career elsewhere. And then Monty comes in and he's talking about defense, defense, defense. Like, that's the one thing that Killian's consistently done in his career mm. to the point where he not only started a preseason game over Jaden Ivey, but he might actually be the backup point guard to start the season because Morris has been out with a back injury. So he could play 15 minutes a game and average like, I don't know, six and three. Believe. <laughs> That's, there has to be something said about the fact that he's maintained his spot on the roster this long. Yes, but also it's been the worst term in the league for like his entire tenure. It has, but it's like also, <laughs> that also means that they, you know, they get rid of guys. Like, True. No, I know what you mean. I've had the same thought. It's like, obviously he's been memed into oblivion yeah, and he's still, he's the longest tenured piston. Yeah, it's like, where's... Like, when they got Diallo, right? It's like, okay. I will give you 10 bucks if you know where Diallo is right now. Like, as in... What, like, locate Jigo? Like, Jigo Guesser? <laughs> right, Rainbolt, calm down. Um, Like, what team you was on? Or most recently on? I found I this out this yesterday. I looked, it, I looked it up recently. I found it out yesterday. He was He was waived. I'm, th- I'm still here. I'm just thinking. Yeah. I- I'm sad Diallo's gone. I really liked him. But I guess drafting Asar was like same same deal, but younger. More control. So, oh, I can't. good luck. I remember having a look. <laughs> Why are you looking up Hamadou Diallo? <laughs> Get him to the NBL. Oh, he would average 30 in the NBL. Just the athletic dominance. Oh, yeah. I mean, he scored 30 in like the COVID times of the NBA. Was that the Magic? No. Oh, no, that was we- my guess. Wizards. 
Okay, another collection of guys. <laughs> the only team with a lower wins line than the Pistons. Really? Yeah. In the East. Actually, overall. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, 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 that's... yeah, 23 and a half. Like, Jordan Poole's going to... Take a wave by the Wizards. Christ. Is he, he probably... Probably go G League. I'm thinking maybe Europe. Or Europe, yeah. Jordan, Jordan Poole's going to lead the league in scoring this year. <laughs> I saw he's like $51 for most improved. Yeah, I don't like that. But the, the $51 is too high or too low? Just that he's even a consideration. He's not going to... Oh, he's, okay. he's not improved. He's just going to shoot a lot. Well, that's... We talk about it every year. That's the... I know, but... Like, be serious. The, the, even when you said like Cade. It's like Cade was good last year. He just didn't play enough. Because he got injured. Um, although they, they could legitimately be a step there. But then again, he's the... Is it he's a top pick? Yeah, but it's not like Paolo winning most improved this year. That would be a piss take. Oh, of course. Um, like the most improved Macau, guys would be like. Pool. Oh wait, pools come into two twelve dollars. Ah, we missed the boat. Oh. But yeah, like the most improved ones that are good are like that year that Randall and Grant were top two because they were both like, holy shit, where have these come from? Yeah. Or like CJ McCollum going from like four minutes a game to... Well, that was really just volume more than anything. That's back but... when they used to be... Um, oh, I've lost the word. <laughs> <laughs> That's back when... Dignity. No, it's not, it wasn't that. <laughs> Righte- it was a righteous award back when like Aaron Brooks used to win it. Oh my God. <laughs> Illawarra Hawks legend Al- uh, Aaron Brooks. Not a good tenure. Oh, and he tore his Achilles. It's not his fault. <laughs> yeah, but even before then it was rough. He played like two games. Yeah, it was right. They were rough two games. <laughs> you don't even watch the NBA, you fraud. And that that year, I did. <laughs> uh, was that the little mellow year? Yes. Oh, I don't know now. We end this podcast with <laughs> talking about the Illawarra Hawks and Aaron Brooks of all people. Oh, he's a coach on the Knicks. There you go. Uh, no, it was ah. Uh... Or the year after that. Maybe. 2019. No, it was. Yeah, because Ball was the 20 draft, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same year. Is that, the award has changed now to the person that leaps to become an all-star, whereas previously, you know, we had Ryan Anderson, Aaron Brooks, Granger, Turkaloo, Monte Ellis, Dior. Okay, we're getting far too into the weeds at this point. of the... Bucks legend Bobby Simmons. Uh, I assume you have nothing to promote before we get out of here. I have nothing to promote. No, just just retweet the show when it comes out. Um, is it, it's still called retweet or repost. Oh, it's repost, isn't it? Oh, that's a shame. Ah, that's a a real, there, there's a fumble in the bag. Um, but no, this we'll we'll do this weekly series. Um, we'll get some different people on each week. Um, you can stick around if you want, but you know your call. Um, hopefully, get some people from around the league. You know, different perspectives as the season goes on. So, yeah, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.